And we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Realities Ours podcast, and I'm your only host tonight, Nate. I sent Tony a link, but I think he's just getting off work. He might show up. He might not. I don't know. And we have Jonathan on, man, from Idiocalypse. Uh, brother, thank you so much for joining us. I love all the shit that you post on Instagram. It's always fun. It's always funny. It's always insightful. It makes me think and shit. And so I asked you to come on, and I'm, I'm glad you're here. Do you want to tell our audience a little bit about yourself and where they can find you? Yeah, Nate, thank you so much for having me, man. Um, it's really cool what you guys are doing over here. Uh, my name is Jonathan Bouchon, and uh, I'm the host of a show that has been defunct since January of 2021 called Idiocalypse. Um, but I run uh, still the page like a meme page and post a bunch of stuff that I, I feel like needs to be talked about or that I think is funny. And I don't really have a, a particular political bent. My, my normal thing is that everybody's trying to probably trying to trick us and so i just approach every party every politician every actor movie and commercial on tv and everything like you're trying to fuck me somehow so i do the same thing with my meme page and um sometimes i'm right sometimes i'm wrong but we have a good time over there so you can come check it out if you'd like fucking a brother well thanks for coming on man uh what are we talking about tonight i have no idea we like neither <laughs> of us have an idea but we've been um, bumping up against things, you know, the things that um, like-minded conspiracy theorists all, always talk about these days and how there's a, a group of reptilian overlords that are trying to depopulate <laughs> the entire planet and interdimensional space beings and all that. So we'll see where it goes. I'm, I think we can I mean, at this point, I don't even know if that shit's conspiracy theories anymore. I'm, I'm waiting for that to shit to be like on Fox News at this point. Yeah, it's like the cannibal thing, you know. Like, there's a lot of cannibals out there. People are trying to be cannibals. Like, no, y'all are stupid. And then Time Magazine's like, cannibalism on the rise, and it's not what you think. It's actually very trendy. It's like, what the fuck, man? So, Can you tell me more about that? What is? What are they talking about? What's the trendy cannibalism? It's like in movie. They're saying it's in movie oh, okay. now, and but like there's just, just these two Dutch presenters that on their show. Each went into surgery, cut a piece off of their like leg and buttock each, and then cooked it and swapped it and sat there on the on the show and ate each other's bodies on TV. And so you know, it's like a complete piece of shit lunatics. That's yeah, great. Crazy. <laughs> I'm eating a piece of my buddy's ass cheek right now. I'm like, you know what? It's pretty good. And and the who was it? Maybe a climate czar or something for Switzerland to say yeah, the best way to combat climate change is to obviously eat all of our corpses when we die. You know, like why are we going to just put that shit back in the ground and raise more cows when we have all these dead humans everywhere? You know, it's free meat. Let's throw that shit to take that shit to the plant, you know? And, or we yeah. could fuel our fucking robots with it. Have you seen that fucking robot that sits there and eats, <laughs> eats human corpses and is fueled by it? No, the one that's just like scooping them up off the ground. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like a COVID relief ambulance robot or something. I didn't realize it was a, a decomposer. Yeah, I guess. I mean, after they fucking kill us all, after our fucking MAGA jabs fucking kill everyone, then I guess. Operation have... Warp Speed. He's our Operation Warp Speed. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's the fastest we ever got a vaccine. Dude, he's such a giant piece of shit. And there's so many people excited to vote for him in like two more years. It's because if you put up a, a such a huge stinking other piece of shit right next to that piece of shit, it's really easy to look past all the shit. You know, he's like, yeah, but what? He said the news was fake. 
and the news is fake, you know, so. He's Where he's the lesser of two evils. Yeah, it's it's they're so we're so stupid and so easily corralled. And I wish that there was a secret underground group of White Hats that was taking over the world. And you know, I see things like the Georgia guide's thumbs falling down and blah blah blah. That seem like oh look at those. Well, at least we get little victories, you know, like BlackRock losing one point seven trillion dollars in the past couple of weeks is pretty cool. Um, you know, stuff like that happening. Uh, Netflix being destroyed by wokeism and all these like MLB being destroyed by wokeism and all this stuff seems good, but also like really our hero has to be a billionaire motherfucker like all these other people like this is the guy is who you know who billionaires hang out with billionaires that's the only like they're the only other people that have yachts and golf courses and stuff like everywhere you go you're just with other billionaires and so if um, Trump is somehow the the one good one out of this huge group, you know, or maybe Trump and Elon, you know, they're both going to team up and they're going to save us all from the other bad billionaires or whatever. You know, I'll admit that I get a giggle when I see shit like the Georgia Guidestones blowing up and stuff like that. That shit's funny, but like, it doesn't help us day to day. Like we shouldn't be like worshiping that as a victory. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. what, yes. do we get? what do we get? Yeah, exactly. More Absolutely. people know about the Georgia Guidestones than ever, I guess is the only thing. And who was it? Was it like the fucking CEO of Pfizer or something like that? It was like, hey, totally we're going to rebuild that shit. Yeah. It's like, it said, we're going to put several million dollars into rebuilding it. And we're like, yay. You get that money, Pfizer. Bitches. And, and on the Rocks They Blow Up talks about the 500 million people maintaining the population of the earth, the 500 million people. And the, and the owner of the company that just injected like six billion or what three billion people form where are they at right now that guy wants to rebuild the stones that say you should kill um 85 of the population if you want to survive that's what it that's what it says that all the all the populations that come across it in 11 different languages they're going to walk up on this thing whether they moved up from mexico or french canadians or whatever they're going to be able to read this thing and say oh we got to make sure that we never have more than this many people. And the guy who's responsible for injecting almost all the people in the world agrees that we should kill most of the people. And he's going to pay out of his own pocket to rebuild the thing saying, we want to kill everybody. And meanwhile, dude, you just see that like, okay, so the Pfizer papers have come out. And so you'd think people would have read these things and would have like, Maybe it have been suspicious or something like that. And then you're seeing people like I've had several people in my own personal life that have died recently yeah. that like young people, uh, blood clots and their heart exploded. You know what I mean? None of these things are red pilling normal people yet. I've never even heard of that ever happening to a young person in the history of life until ever a year after the vaccines were released. And now all of a sudden we're just talking about, like, yeah, that's the thing. But meanwhile, that. dude, like Pfizer and Moderna are talking about, like, okay, well, let's get your six-month-olds jabbed. Yeah, and we and got this I really good arthritis vaccine coming out for you, so don't worry yeah. about that. <laughs> well, meanwhile, dude, I literally know people that are going to fucking get their five-month-old jab right or six-month-old jab right now. They're yeah. fucking. They've been waiting. They're stoked. Yeah, I can't wait. And they're gonna go show them, show them off at the local Zoom meeting. Because they don't hang out with real people anymore because COVID's still a thing. Now, I saw some lady with all three little kids in Walmart. Um, they were just screaming and crying. And she was like, Oh, you're doing so great. And taking pictures. And like, Look, he's finally getting his vaccine. And all the kids were just like, 
fuck, man, this sucks so bad. And that's abuse to me. Letting a, oh, absolutely abuse, dude. Here's my fucking six-month-old that I keep a mask on 24 hours a day. I have it fucking, like, tied to his fucking head. And then he has every other shot. He's circumcised. And now I'm going to fucking hit him with a MAGA jab. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty fucked, dude. Yeah, I was in the bank behind some lady that just had, like, her, her kid was just on the ground. He's a really good-looking kid. He's probably, like, two or three years old or something. And he's just sitting there on the ground while his masked mom was doing a bank transaction. Everybody else in the bank had their mask off, and this her and this little kid, this toddler, sitting on the ground, well behaved, with mask on the whole entire time. Just like, what the fuck are we getting out of here? Like, how can you still be doing that? Like, how long are you going to do that? Like, is this just going to be better safe than sorry forever? Dude, I've actually seen more people recently with masks on. Really? Like, yeah, I'm seeing. I'm starting to see it again. Like more hardcore, normal people, young people, people that look like they're saying, man, like the high yeah. school kids and stuff. It's like now status symbol. Like having having jinkos and doctors, doctors when I was in school. What are they called? Doc Martens. Yeah. Like well, how much of that is just like kids being insecure and just kind of being goofy, and they probably got acne, and that, like probably the masks make it worse, and they yeah. just fucking wear their stupid mask, and now they just walk around with it, you know, and yeah. they make it a fashion ensemble. They'll like get a different colored mask or the yeah. stupid fucking thing on it, and just oh, it's fucked, dude, because it's now it's just like part of the lexicon. You know, that's yeah. just part of like fucking normality. That is what the new normal is. It. And if you don't, you're a bigot, but like, and it's the same thing with all I'm a fucking people. bigot. Yeah, I'm a fucking you. bigot. Fuck my you. I'm a bigot. I have, I have a daughter that's a lesbian, you know, like and um my, my stepdaughter, and she, you know, she lives in Vancouver, which is like fucking ground zero for this fucking new new world order shit. And um, you know, like she it, I really don't want to talk about the whole thing, it's not my place, but um she just talks about how insensitive I am to what, like what she's going through, and I understand, and I understand that the homosexuals have had a lot of abuse, and I understand that people are gay as fuck. Some of them, you know, and they just want to do gay stuff all the time. And that's great and awesome, but a, a little kid doesn't know what the fuck is going on, man. And and yeah. we don't, I'm 34 years old today, and I still mostly don't know what the fuck is going on, you know, and. To confuse a fucking six-year-old with this kind of shit, like maybe you yeah. cut that penis off, little kid. Like, yeah, yeah dude. I mean, that's about? that's honestly where I go with the shit. Is like I just see this as more of the depopulation <laughs> agenda when they get these yeah. little fucking kids and they start like telling them, whispering in their ear, "You might be gay. You might be trans. Actually, you might not just be gay. You might be trans. You might need to cut off your dick. You might need. Let's start getting you on some fucking hormone blockers. Let's start getting you on these." Body. Yeah, exactly, dude. And honestly, like, man, where I'm coming from, dude, I'm not even sure that we, like, this flesh that we're in is even that important. Like, to me, I think that we're, like, just spiritual beings, that we are inhabiting these little flesh suits. Of the, like, I, I'm starting to even get into, like, the star seed shit, where I think that we're all just, like, from another fucking realm, like a heavenly realm. We come down here maybe to learn lessons. And I don't even know if these fucking people are real. Like, these like those people that you saw online that were going to jab their two-year-old, I don't know if they exist. I don't know if they're computer algorithms. I don't know Stop if, like... NPC kind of shit for real. And they're just trying to trick like the fucking star, like the, the people that could be awake that are still asleep. They're trying to trick them. They're trying to get them to take this fucking jab. That's, I don't, that's like I don't where know. I always go to with it because I feel like it's a very hopeful stance. You know, that view is that 
all of this terrible shit, all of it, all of it. You know, like I was raised a Christian, and so I heard from since I was a little bitty about the Alpha and the Omega, and how God is all powerful and all knowing, and also everywhere, always in the future and the past. You know, so that's what I was taught since I was a little bitty, and I was like, okay. Like my thought as a child, which is why I became an atheist and then later whatever the fuck I am now, instead of being a Christian, was that if that's true, then God is Satan. And also, because God, like Satan is just also everything, you know, he's part of everything and God is omnipotent, all powerful everywhere. So Satan is just a sliver of God, he's like this other part of God. And all of the bad shit that's happening to us and us destroying the planet, which maybe like I could see, like I've seen what we've done to cities like Mexico City and Los Angeles, and we can totally destroy the planet, no problem. Um, but that's also God. Like all this, all these vaccines that people are putting on their bodies is also God, and giving all this whole generation of kids autism through all this shit is also God. And whatever's going to happen, we don't know now, but eventually we're going to get to a point in the future where we can look back as you know conscious being and be like oh that's why that happened you know i didn't understand it now but whatever this intelligence that we live inside of is has some kind of plan and something is happening and no matter how bad things are now those are all part of some bigger thing that is going to become apparent later you know and we're not going to realize it until then yeah man no i mean that's pretty close to what i yeah that's kind of where i where i'm at recently yeah um it's it's a fucking it's an interesting thing dude and, I, and i'm not 100 percent sure about it obviously never but uh, you never can be once you start being fucking certain about something you should be certain that you're wrong yeah. uh <laughs> but uh yeah it's fucking fascinating man and it's yeah it just sucks dude i i really think that this whole trans movement is just it's really it's anti-life and like there are a few people that really feel that way and that's fine like i i actually have several trans friends like i live in the portland area so like if i you know what i mean wow. like you just you you know people you know and, and it's urgent man yeah for real <laughs> i'm behind enemy lines <laughs> Uh, but dude, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, that's fine if it, you're an adult because I'm very much, uh, like a civil libertarian and a libertarian anarchist. And in, in a lot of those ways where I'm like, I think that you completely own yourself. Like no matter what, even if this is like a fucking star seed, this is all a simulation. Guess what? You are in charge of you. You are yeah. your fucking captain over your fucking journey on this whole fucking thing. So if you want to do that, fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like, I might advise against it just because there's a lot involved in it. And I don't actually think that it'll help your depression at all. Like I sincerely don't because like it hasn't been shown to, but you know, that's your fucking decision. But when you fucking get kids involved, dude, that's when I have a fucking problem. And like, dude, like, as much as like, dude, when I was a young man, I was a real fucking debaucherous piece of shit. Like I'd fucking do like, I'd be doing a bunch of blow, going to a fucking drag queen bar, like dancing, having fun, you know, whatever. I fucking shit. Down, like, dude. Yeah. I'm just having fun, you know what I mean? But, like, as much as I know those places, I know that that's not a place for a kid. Yeah. So I think about, like, yeah, it's like, you fucking, everybody's I want to fucking, fuck. Everybody's high as fuck and drunk as fuck, and there's no place mm-hmm. for a kid. It's like, not a place for a kid. A kid it wasn't a place for drugs. Yeah. If the people are doing drugs, like, at a picnic, and we're out at our friend's house, and the dad and mom are smoking weed, people are having some beers. That's one thing. Like, I don't care if kids are around that. You should be around that. You should understand that this world you're coming into has a lot of substances, and some of them do this, and some of them do that. But and a place that a drag show is a, a sex show. Like, it's made, like, somebody is 
the gender is the main thing. Like your dick or your vagina is out there for everybody. We're talking about this. Like I'm supposed to have a dick, but I have a pussy. And I want well, because what separates you from uh, from uh, someone else? It's like my sexuality. That's what it's about. My sexuality, who I want to fuck, who I want to put my dick in, who I want to rub my vagina against or whatever. Like, and so that's like implicitly sexual and it's not a place for a kid. Like, especially dude, when they try to do the kink shit, have you seen like the kink shows that like a fucking pride parade? And and so it's like, dude, like leather daddies, like with their ass out and shit, their balls hanging out. Yeah. And then they're like next to a five-year-old and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Putting dollar bills in their in their clothes, of the, of the- or the other way around, <laughs> when it's like an eight year old on stage, and these fucking yeah. dude to me. Okay, I actually I don't remember who I was talking to you about this, but I was like, dude, if I was a gay dude, the last thing I'd want would be a fucking kid on stage, and, and anywhere in me to be anywhere near him. It's like I'm a dude, and I want to fuck another dude. Why are you bringing kids in here? Like you guys are killing my vibe. I want to do coke and fucking like drink uh, shots off of some hot dude's belly button or something. You know what I mean? Like, with kids. Yeah, like, yeah, like, why the fuck are you guys bringing kids into this gay bar? Like, that's fucking weird. It's not okay. <laughs> like, this is not a place for kids. This is a place for men to be debaucherous and gross. And they're just going to go and do their thing. What? Because, dude, men are dogs. We are. I'm sorry. Men are fucking gross. We're sexual beings. Like, we just want to fucking just be wild and shit for the most yeah. part. Like, we ta- we get tamed as we get older. Like, I'm a happily married man. I have kids. I've calmed down. I kind of live like a fucking, like... I live a pretty fucking like uh what do you, what do they fucking call that like trad life? I got a pretty fucking trad life going What's on. That? Right now. Like, that? Uh, traditional, right? Trad. Say that, yeah, lazy, like, lazy fucking millennials. And and uh and I'm fine with that and I'm happy with that. Uh, but like I know what men are and I know what men do and Far I can't even imagine gay men because gay like. Because then you're like, you're a dude that wants to fuck another dude. Dudes just want to fuck all the time. It's going to be a wild fuck fest. That's literally what it is. I mean, that's why they're giving each other monkeypox like crazy. And why it's not affecting anybody else right now. Let's talk about monkeypox. What the fuck? Why is it affecting only gay men? What the fuck? They're going to come out with a fucking six-month monkeypox vaccine just like they have for human papillomavirus. You know, they have a baby vaccine for human papillomavirus that is really hard to get unless you're having sex. You know? So what the fuck is the deal, though? Like, for real. So it's like, uh, to me, the first thing that I thought of when I when I heard that it was only affecting the gay community, I was like, this just reminds me of AIDS. This reminds me of the 80s and early 90s. This reminds me of fucking, like, Fauci trying to kill him with AZT. Yeah, it's literally right? that. It's another attack on the gay community because, like, our elites, as much as they pretend to be, like, progressive and inclusive, they're like, fags are fucking gross and I want them to die. I really think like all those eugenicists have always been that way. They've always those, like for all those reasons. I'm sorry for interrupting. It's been a long time since I've done this. I'm a little rusty on how to do the back and forth. But um, all those um, like the gay community is just such a great community to, for transmission because of the, all those things you were just talking about. You know what I mean? Like you could just throw some stuff out there, and they were like, <laughs> everybody's gonna have it in like three weeks. You just throw a big like three day techno concert in Miami and. So yeah, I think that's yeah. why they keep getting hit. It's not. It's not really because because like the god of these people um, is is transgender. You know, it has boobs and a dick, and you can switch between sexes and 
um, all that. So, do you I think this was introduced? I don't know. Like, I never know what's going on. Like, I can, I still can't decide if you can make it through the fucking dome above us. You know. Like, I don't- I don't think we can. Yeah, I'm one of those people that I'm definitely on the in the fucking camp where space is fake and gay. Like <laughs> we cannot get through the <laughs> firmament. I don't think that we can travel the stars, at least in our meat suits. So what I'm yeah, saying is, yeah. I, NASA's bullshit is what yeah, I'm saying. For sure, it's, like, it's very <laughs> obvious that part. Like, I don't care where we have to go. Maybe you can get up there, whatever. But let's just follow the fucking breadcrumbs that we've been left, and all of the NASA breadcrumbs are we're full of shit. <laughs> we're not really doing anything. We have a, like a Disneyland park in Houston and Florida, maybe. And, um, we have we make great cartoons and we shoot rockets into the ocean and pretend like we're doing stuff out there. And all they had to do is get that fucking and they knew it. Get that space station going by. And people can look up and say, "Yeah, that's the space station." So space has to be real because you can see the space station. Or like, or it could be a kite. You know, like you don't really know Dude, the fuck that is. <laughs> they're the number one uh, purchaser helium. and user of helium. Yeah. So, <laughs> what the fuck is that about? 100%. Dude. Yeah, There's I'll just some hot air balloons in there with a bunch of lights. I just started following this guy today and I was, I'm sweating through my shirt because I can't open my door because I live next to the highway now. Um, Colorado gets hot. I didn't realize until now. But um, yeah, I just started following this guy on Instagram who I saw these crazy maps, you know, that reminded me of the flat earth map that showed the, all of the um, continents inside like an ice wall. But then he had like, the expanded version and over here was Mars and over here was Venus and this was Jupiter and they all had their own little continents and stuff. And this is where Mu is and Lemuria. And this is where all these other continents are. And, and that's why like, I, I really don't think that it's flat, but I don't know, it might be going on forever in one infinite plane. But it feels like it's just fucking huge. And we're just like one little section on this huge fucking thing. And then maybe it's round or concave or I have no idea. I've seen really good. Look at that monk man. I didn't know we had people here. I feel um, like it's for sure alive. And it's for sure like you can shoot a laser way too fucking far. You know, like it can be like a, it can just keep going as long as you don't hit anything. Like if it wasn't for all the friction and stuff, a bullet would stop. It would just go, 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 go. As far as all the evidence I've seen, you know, like the the ratio of the curve doesn't work at all. You know, like you can zoom in on oil rigs way past the curve that you shouldn't be able to see if you have a good enough lens. That by itself is like you can just zoom in on the thing that you told me my whole life was below the horizon, like. You, you see that ship disappearing? Is what my parents told me when we were at the beach. It's disappearing over the horizon, and everybody thinks that, but it's not. It's still there. Yeah, that's a crazy one, dude. Like people are so bought into that, and it, see, I, I wonder sometimes what the fuck is the point? Why? Like why the lie? Like I've I've heard flat earthers like say like try to explain it to me, not but I still don't fucking get it. It's like. Why are they fucking lying to us? About because it's like you said the first time is that this is some kind of simulation with a bunch of NPCs that are here to train us. And so every time we think we get a handle on what's going on, the script just flips and the enemies change and the things that we're fighting against change. And now the Democrats are, are the fucking anarchists and the Republicans are the Nazis. And, and this shit just keeps happening. And every time you think you get a handle on it, it flips again. And everything you thought was true is wrong. And so it's just like uh, some kind of test to how are you going to react now? And how are you going to react now? And what if we do all this stuff to you? And what if we like, 
Like, I just imagine, like, you know, some godly being with just a big game board with all of us on it. And they're like, meteorite, tsunami, Donald Trump, you know, Nazis. <laughs> like, what are y'all going to do now? <laughs> and it's not like Ukraine, monkeypox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's been accelerating. Like, people say that the Mayans were wrong and the world didn't end in 2012. But I think that something happened in 2012. And since something then, definitely happened. Yeah. And then, like, CERN and then fucking all the interesting shit that happened since CERN fucking went again. And I don't know, dog. Yeah. It's fucking fascinating. Yeah. It's a really cool place to be. It's just, it's a struggle to be alive here. And I think that's good, too. And I think we'll know when we're dead. Like, I've had some trips where I was just like, way too high you know I and mean, reality completely broke down on me but i was like beyond reality and i could feel that how everything made sense you know and how everything was inclusive and how the universe loves me and wants me to grow and is, i'm turning into this thing and i don't know what it is and i don't even think the universe knows what it is you know like there's some kind of path that we're trying to guide each of us on but i think that whatever we're living inside of is another intelligence that's equally as fucked up as we are and it's just trying its best and makes a lot of mistakes and and uh, i don't know it just feels to me like it's just layers on top of layers on top of layers and it's like a holographic thing that i am a universe and you are a universe and so we also have some kind of galactic representation like there's some fucking spiral uh, collection of other planes and other existences out there that are just a, a speck of light but that is me like I am that fucking whole dimension, but I've split off a piece of my personality to come over here on this third dimensional play to like learn these really concrete steps and stuff. But I don't know. <laughs> this is what it feels like when I'm tripping balls. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, that's really fascinating. I don't necessarily feel like I have ever identified with those other things, but like I kind of see what you're saying. Like if we are all part of the creator and the creator is everything, then we all are kind of a piece of everything. Yeah. And it's all Which inside, is, it's yeah. all encoded within us. It's holographic. So every one piece has uh, somehow has a copy and geometry of all the other pieces. And they're all separated together so they can grow and as a group evolve the whole thing. Somehow. Fucking A, dude. I mean, it, it really makes you like prioritize things differently too. Because it's like all of a sudden, who the fuck cares who gets elected? Yeah. <laughs> like the, the change is who us. cares who wins the fucking Super Bowl? I haven't in a long time, man. I used to be all into yeah. sports and stuff, and I can't watch sports. I feel like I'll watch clips of UFC fighting, but like waiting for a UFC fight and like paying money to be there when something happens, like I because I'll pick this guy that I really like and be like, yeah, that's my guy, and then he's gonna lose, and I'm gonna feel like shit, and I have nothing to do with that. You know, now it's just, it's his fault. I and mean, it's not even his fault because that guy was just better trained, slept better the night before, whatever. But I just realized that when I was watching football and I was like, it's my team, you know, University of Texas. And, oh, they're having a terrible season, so I feel bad. And I'm like, why do I feel bad? Yeah, having- dude. I do, I know people that, like, identify with that shit. And I think that's, that's like, that's part of the programming and that shit's on purpose. It's like, sure. yeah, I mean, like, I got a buddy that's, like, obsessed with the fucking Oakland Raiders, which I guess they're what the Las Vegas Raiders now. Did they fucking actually move? I anyways, I don't even fucking Probably, know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought they fucking anyways, who cares? Like it's like a fucking holiday, like all the families together and shit. 
and then the Raiders lose, and then he's sitting there in a fucking corner just, like, fucking pissed and won't talk to anybody. And I'm like, what the fuck is your problem, dude? Like, where are we? Let's have another beer. Let's go eat some food. Let's hang out. Like, what do we, like, let's have some fucking, like, fellowship right now. And he's just over here just fucking angry because the Raiders lost. Yeah. Dude, wake the fuck up. Yeah, I'll get the same way. That's why I stopped. Like, I would, like, if I go to a sports camp, I'm just like, yeah, fucking kill him. You know, I, I become super tribal. And I don't even have to, I just have to pick the team out I'm going to identify with. And then I, I'm all in about it, you know? And so, um, I don't know. It's, it doesn't feel like the right thing to do with sports. I think it is maybe the right thing to do when it gets time for the revolution. And then we should be all on our team as a hundred percent. But yeah. That's man. so funny. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like jerking off instead of having sex. It's like, it's like you're fucking, yeah, that's fucking bizarre. It's like this weird simulation of like tribalism and it's, yeah, it's so fucking weird. And I think they do that just to like, for you to get your fucking anger out. So like, you don't explore. Your team lost. Yeah. Like, so you, you get your pre come out, you like fucking jerk off before the big game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're like, you shoot your load. Like, yeah, it's but so that's fucking all weird. Potential is in that load. Yeah, dude, that's a fucking bizarre thing. What do you think about that? There's a lot of people that are saying, like, you shouldn't jerk off. Well, I mean, I'm fine with that, but, like, things like, but you shouldn't even come because, like, that is, like, this, like, fuck, this is, like, part of the divine. This is part of, like, creation. And, like, if you hold on to it, like, you can, I don't know, that's fucking bizarre. It's like, like, we're a weird fucking species, man. Like, we have the ability, like, we could totally turn the entire Earth into Los Angeles. Like, if we really... Put our minds to it because it built the whole thing as a city. We cover the whole thing, have all of our food grown in caves and labs and stuff like that. And um, we could totally do that. But um, I don't know. Like we are, our, our creative potential is infinite. But I, I think the real danger is not in ejaculation. It's in like uh, genitalization and like the, focusing on the pleasure of it and like watching strangers fuck. On, on the computer in order to come, but you like you don't really know what's going on with those girls. You don't know if they were sold by their fucking Russian mother into sex trafficking to some fucking pimp when she was 12 and she's been fucking people for money since then and now she's doing porn at 16, but they say she's 18, which is still weird, you know? And so like, I think that it's uh, obvious. It is still weird. It is still weird when we say, well, she's 18 now, so. She's a fucking child, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this guy. She's 18 now, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but one day ago it was a, it wasn't okay. One day ago that made made you a pedo, but yeah. now she's eighteen, so I can do that. I think you're like, how, well, how the fuck old are you? Well, I'm forty five, but you're like, yeah, but she's eighteen. So, because, yeah, you know, it's it's fucking it is fucking bizarre. Like I've known, like dude, honestly, like if uh, like my wife's a year and a half younger than me, it was perfect. Like. I, have, I don't even know how to have a conversation with like a girl that's fucking 20. Mm. Like what, what the fuck am I going to say? Like what, how are we going to fucking relate? She's oh, going to be no, talking about things. Like that new Drake album. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't fucking get it, dude. I like, it's, it's bizarre to me. Dudes that are like in their late thirties, whatever that are going after like fucking 18 and 20 year olds. I, you know, it's whatever, I guess it's, it's legal, but I, I still think it's fucking weird. Yeah, and because they're they're not mature, at least maybe physically they've been mature for four or five years, but mentally they're retarded. 
You know, but it's a fascinating thing, though, too, because it's like we've been infantilized by our government and made to be kids. Even sure. like even when you're like 27, a lot of these people are fucking retarded. And if you go back, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, when you go back at 15 years old, I fucking oh. I owned a fucking business. I'd been working since I was 12. You know what I mean? Since I was like eight years old in a factory, I'm ready to get married and have kids at this point. I own property. I have a fucking gun. You know, like. That was a, that was an entirely different thing, but and I don't know I the whole argument about life expectancies. So like people only live to say you know whatever, but that also you have to counter in the fucking childbirth deaths and things like that. So yeah, yeah I don't know. It's it's weird, dude. Which are also statistics we've been given by our government, even the childbirth. So you deaths. yeah you can't fucking trust them. Yeah, like because they want you to fucking think that everyone died back then and you have it so good now. It's so so you need to, it's you're because we vaccinate our kids and it's mm-hmm. because, yeah, yeah, it's all these things. We've extended life expectancy. So let us give your fucking like baby that literally just took its first breath. Let's give it a hep B vaccine. Yeah. And it's not like and we're just like, OK, but it's like, did you extend life expectancy or do you just own history? Yeah, you know? exactly. hundred <laughs> like percent, dude. If the news is fake, then all of history is fake. You know, because the news is what's happening today right now, and that's fake. I mean, one of the big ones for me – oh, I mean, this is – like, there's been several big ones for me. But one that I can point out to people is, like, look right now at how they're doing the January 6th hearings. Mm -hmm. We all know what the fuck happened that day. There was was some fucking hillbillies. Literally, some feds were involved. They incited a fucking riot. And then they fucking literally opened the doors They and they let him inside. They were in fucking velvet ropes. There was a few weirdos. I think that like AOC actually got her shoes stolen, which I think is fucking funny. And somebody took a shit on Nancy Pelosi's desk. And they're trying to say that that democracy was was almost overturned and that our country was almost taken over by like, what, 200 people. And there was not a single one with a gun. Yeah. It was the most dangerous event since Pearl Harbor or whatever. Yeah, and this is literally going to be written into the history books. Like yeah, when my kids are like, "Yeah, this is going to be the this was going to be like Hitler's pooch." You know what I mean? This is going to be like the fucking almost overturn of the fucking country. This is going to be the big fucking coup. Yeah, yeah. And so, and it, yeah, it's complete fucking horseshit. Completely fabricated from the ground up. Even the protesters being there that day was an organized event, and then they opened the doors and pushed everybody in that direction. Like, let's go! If you in the front, yeah, it's so easy to to. People don't like to hear this, too. I mean, Alex Jones is part of it. No shit. Alex Jones is always (laughs) part of it. He's the definition of controlled opposition. It's the definition. Like, he gives us so much truth and just couches it in, uh, you're powerless and the globalists are taking over everything. But we're not powerless. We're the fucking power. And we can change it with our minds. That's why so much is invested in controlling how we think about things and what our perspective of reality is. Because if we all just decided to think, like, you know what? We can feed the whole fucking world with we get regenerative agriculture. You know, we can take over those millions and millions of acres in the middle of the country that's fucking desert wasteland of corn and soy and wheat, and we can turn it into silver pastures with fruit trees that cows live underneath and pigs live underneath. And they could just be grazing through those millions of acres of fruit trees, eating all the grass underneath uh, with paddock systems. And we'll just recreate what the buffalo were doing and they rebuild it up. Run Easy. our cars and vehicles off of fucking all water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we could be doing all, all kinds of things. It's been here the whole time. The fucking old civilizations had it. I think, like whoever built Pumacuco yeah. in, in in Peru, 
whoever the fuck built that place had way cooler shit than we have. Way cooler technology. We could never do that. We wouldn't even try to carve one of those blinds. I can't even. I can't think of the dude's name, but he was just on Tinfoil Hat, and I've been following him for a little bit. His show's called The Land of Chem. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that sounds familiar. I don't. Uh, that's not coming to me either, though. Interesting cat, dude. But he's explaining about how the fucking pyramids and like he like I thought he was crazy when I first heard his theory, yeah. uh, and then I heard him explain it. I was like. Oh hey, fuck! Maybe he's got—he's fucking really onto something. So like, all the fucking pyramids were actually like reactors that were like made to were like used to make chemicals. And so like, they had ones making like, uh, like I'm gonna ruin it, but like some sort of fucking like acid, some sort of this, some sort of that. So they could use all these different things to fucking like generate energy and generate electricity, generate like do all this crazy shit. Devices, yeah. And like, and he is like, uh, and he actually thinks so. Like in the 1800s, like in the 1820s and shit, when all those Europeans like were going over there, like Nazis too, and all kinds of different people that were going over to, uh, to Egypt and checking out all the pyramids and like robbing that shit and stuff. They they uh, they used it and what do you call that? Like reverse engineered it, and that's how we've been getting the slow disclosure of like because he says from then that you can see where technology has progressed, and he said we would never even have gotten to like. The uh, what do you call that? The the something revolution. You know what I'm talking about? The industrial industrial revolution. We would never have gotten that without that. And he was actually about alien technology. You know, like it true, but it might not have been. It could have been alien inspired. But like I, I think he might be right that a lot of the shit was actually Egyptian technology, and that they just like reverse engineered it, and they that's where they got it all, and so they occulted it, and now they're like, uh, yeah, these were just big grave sites. Yeah, we just no. put pharaohs, and they haven't found a corpse in one of those. Never. These weren't. Yeah, they weren't fucking. Yeah, it's so it's so fucking crazy, dude. And people just believe that. Yeah, but mummies, though. I, I saw that movie with Brendan Fraser, the Mummy. They're, you know? they're not even called archaeologists; they're called Egyptologists. Yeah, and not that the archaeologists aren't also full of shit because it's controlled by very small societies that have literally just been going around destroying everything since forever. Like that was their whole job is just to steamroll everything that's happened before and make room for this new narrative where we are the epitome of civilization. Nobody's ever risen above this point. That's why I love Tartaria so much. It's like, you know, that, that sends the closest because I've, I've, you know, all these beautiful courthouses and buildings and stuff are all built between like 1890 and 1900, like the real old big uh, Grand Central Station and like the coolest things that have ever been built in the United States. We're all built within this like 10, 20 year period. And then right after that, we just stopped building cool shit out of stone and, and carvings and, and started building everything out of cardboard and fucking concrete and ugly shit, you know. But it all happened at like this one point, and then, and then they show us pictures of like the Capitol buildings being built and all this stuff, and it's just this perfectly done building in the middle of a muddy field, yeah, that, you know, with a couple of carts and horses there, like building the Capitol building. Like, where's all your roads and stonemasons and cranes and all this shit you need to build stuff like that? But you know, fast forward two decades, and, and we're building houses out of sticks and stones and like very, very mediocre shit like I, yeah. I i'm a general contractor i build houses and stuff we build them out of cardboard and poison you know like it's made out of garbage that can burn down in one second and you don't have a five hundred thousand dollar house gone forever yeah and 
So um, yeah, like it's just been a huge change, and whoever was building that stuff is not is not us. It's not the same. It's, the same people, but with a completely different system. So I don't know. Yeah, it's old world as fuck, man. Yeah. That's the fascinating thing is like, yeah, because they'll say things like um, when the people from the East coast, like when they went to California for the gold rush and stuff, mm-hmm. they'll, they have been there for like five years and San Francisco is completely built. Yeah. The entire, like all these no cities, sense. yeah, these like this crazy shit. And you're like, this shit, it, it looks old world. Like this shit's been around for a minute. And I, th- I find it fascinating too. Like there's several theories that I find fascinating that possibly there was Tartarians that came across from like the illusion Strait down through like Alaska into Canada and down to the West coast and things like that. And that they were actually Tartarians, like the native Americans maybe, because I mean, if you look at the Siberians and the fucking, like there's like, look a lot like, yeah, the Mongolians and the, and the Siberians. So they look yeah. a hell of a lot like the native Americans and that like that was what manifest destiny was that was right around that 1850s ish like right where they were like they were like coming back and they were trying to like what did we do to the native american kids like well we killed their fucking parents and we put them in re-education no, camps we stole the their pope, languages the we pope stole their yeah we we apologized the pope yeah. came and apologized so it's, it's just funny now uh but like we stole their languages we took all of their history and called it mythology and we and we like beat the shit out of them they didn't worship jesus yeah right so like so like 20 years ago yeah it's it's wild dude yeah it's it's fucking wild so i don't know i mean that's fun but also the whole theory that like maybe uh north america is the old world yeah i think so i've heard that too and i, I think that's super fucking fascinating i think or that, down in the jungle underneath the amazon is like the real real beginning of this timeline you know like i i, I there's probably other continents like i'm almost yeah. positive there's stuff we don't know about over there that could be anything but um, yeah, this uh, this shit's old, man. Like they found the Australasian DNA inside of ten percent of everybody living in the Amazon, which Australia is about as far as you can fucking get away from the Amazon. But at some point, there was a global civilization that could be traced that lived everywhere, and they built the same shit everywhere. Like whether you're in um, Russian steppes or Mexico or way deep down in the Amazon or in Peru and stuff like that too. Uh, Egypt, uh, all over Asia and Thailand and, and Laos and stuff, which we did a pretty good job of bombing in Vietnam. But there's like Angkor Wat, like what the fuck? Who the fuck built that uh, majesty of a structure that's so perfectly aligned with all the stars? Every inch of it is carved into something. Like somebody's bibbed billions and billions and billions of dollars and 50 years to build this thing. Or they 3D printed that motherfucker with some cool software or, or something, you know, but something we don't have and we don't know about it, we can't do. Who did that? Yeah. And we can't recreate it. Not even close. Never. If we try, if we put all the money, yeah, I mean, oh, it's the same reason why we just, we first try, went to the moon, but somehow... We can't do it. 80 again. years later, what is it, 70 <laughs> years later, yeah. they, went, they went with a fucking Game Boy computer, and you're telling me that now I have a supercomputer. 20 years ago, it was a supercomputer. It's now in my pocket. And you still, it's just like, ah, oh, there's too much too much radiation beams. You know, we, we just can't do it. It's like, no, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> Something else going on. <laughs> you, just, you just hear like a bubble. Like, like the guy that found the lake underneath the ocean, you know, where he's like going down the submarine, and he finds this other layer of water. That's like more dense and completely separated. And he tries to get the submarine in and the kangaroo in. He just bounces off like, yeah, 100%, dude. Uh, So it's just the same thing up there. 
different density levels. Yeah, it's funny, dude. I mean, that's probably liquid too. I have no fucking idea. But, uh, you know, it's fascinating. Uh, I heard somebody was saying, I can't remember, dude, I, I, have, I fucking have so many interviews that like it all blends together. But somebody was telling me the theory that like we actually did make it to the moon, but they couldn't get back and they all died. And so that like if the actors that we have like are like Armstrong and all of those people, they're just fucking actors and they just yeah. had to pretend that they were the ones that went to the moon. That's a funny fucking idea too. Yeah, we just sent them it all to be. death. Um I don't know, man. It just seems so weird. Like every like I've been all through the nineties was like Virgin Galactic and somebody, somebody like, we're gonna send people to space. Oh, this happened. We're gonna send people to space. Oh, this, every two years NASA like we're going back to the moon. In two more years, we had, to, we had some scheduling difficulties and, you know, some problem with payroll. But in two years, we're going to the moon. And then two, two now, not this year, but two more years, we're going, we're going back, we're going back. But nobody's been back since they had HD cameras, you know, like now that we can actually see what's going on with all your CGI and stuff, you're like, no, what? we don't really, like, who gives a fuck about the moon? It's not that cool anyway. It's just a fucking cold rock. Like, what are we even going to learn there? It's not even worth our time. Let's send $40 billion to Ukraine instead. Instead of going to the moon and, and Mars and stuff like that, you know, we got more important shit to worry about. But it's just you can't, or else you would. Like you would put a camera on the top of that rocket, and we would see it go through the fucking uh, Van Allen belt or whatever. We would see you pulling up to the space station, not just a, a view of you against the sea of darkness coming up to the space station and perfectly documenting. And where the fuck is that camera? It's not, it's on another space yeah. station. Uh, mini oh, okay. Station, that's where they. Station, and that's where uh, That's where the the Hollywood crew is that do all the taping and editing and stuff, like a mini space station. But uh, yeah, all that man, it doesn't make any sense, and um, it seems like a pack of lies and whatever's really going. Whether it's military, like oh, we got bases on the moon and stuff. I, I don't know, but I really think it's like a projector screen. I don't know what's going on up there. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is such a fucking weird existence that we live in. Because sometimes, so like, half the time I feel like the fucking government has, like, crazy fucking technology that we know nothing about. And they're fucking light years ahead of us. And they're doing all this crazy fucking shit. Yeah. And then other times I'm like, I think they just want us to believe that. And they're actually just a bunch of fucking losers. And they want us to be afraid so that we don't rise up and fucking kill them all. And they're just little bitches. They really just yeah. care. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I go back and forth. I have no fucking idea. Like nukes. Nukes have been this issue. Like, no, we can't do nuclear power because we care so much about the environment and, like, the long-term damage of radiation is not worth infinite free power. So, like, we, we just can't do it. You know, it's not it's not going to work. And every time they do do it, it explodes in a fiery ball. And, you know, oh, no, they accidentally poisoned all the Atlantic. So if you live on the Pacific Coast, you're probably going to grow another arm now because of Fukushima. But then nothing ever really happens. Like, it's never – like, nobody ever grows another arm. Uh, there's not people falling over with their skin melting off. And, mm. and dude, in Chernobyl, dude, is, like, one of the most beautiful places and is having like, this great restoration of wildlife, and it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking weird. But we That's all I'll say. We can't do nuclear power because of all those terrible side effects, like becoming one of the most beautiful places on the planet because of the fallout, the worst thing ever. They just made a recent movie about it. Like they were in their firefighters and stuff, but their skin was just dripping off their bodies trying to fight the Chernobyl fire. It was entertaining. I watched like or yeah, I watched like three episodes. Yeah, Something it was like on that. HBO. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe three or yeah. four. Yeah, it was definitely entertaining. I thought mm -hmm. it was interesting. Yeah, but uh 
It was all bullshit. Bunch of lies, pack of lies, and deceit. Mm. I think. I mean, if we have nuclear power, if we have nuclear bombs, like they're like, we can. So if we do, if we don't deal with Russia in just the right way, he's gonna push the button, and then we gotta push the button because he pushed the button. We can't just let him destroy us. We gotta also destroy him, and then it's the end of the world. And so at any moment, two fucking. Can you think of weirdos, a better way to frighten the public? Can you think of a better way to say like this is why we can't go to full scale war with Russia? And but we also so first of all, it gives us a reason that we can't go to full scale actual war with them. But also we have to build up against them because they have the the weapon pointed at us. So we're like we're sitting here in this Mexican standoff, and we're like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. and it creates like solidarity. Solidarity. Like I I don't even think the country was like more unified than like during the cold war you know what i mean everyone was so afraid of fucking russia everyone was so goddamn terrified you know what i mean like and now they're looking for that again and that's why i think this whole fucking like we're watching a soap opera with vladimir putin and fucking ukraine and like Zelensky and posing for yeah. with his wife and a table full of money and they're like standing next to a tank and they're both immaculately dressed and make up and great lighting and standing next to a tank like yeah we're winning the battle, but it's hard here. So Americans are worried about high gas prices, but we're worried about Russian bombs landing on our heads. So just send us your money, America, because you're fucking selfish bitches. We've got another comment here. Have you guys searched out vibes of the cosmos? Every day, man. Every day. I don't know what that is. Is that a show? What is it? What search vibes of the cosmos? Hey, Nate, I'm going to pop my window open and grab my tobacco real quick and give me a second. You got it, buddy. This is fascinating shit. Um, Yeah, for sure. How hot is it over there, man? I don't think you can hear me right now. Uh, It's like 100 fucking degrees, man. We're pretty fucking far north. It's pretty ridiculous to be 100 degrees. Uh, What do they call that? Hey, monkey man. man, is Monkey Man my Monkey Man? Monkey Man, Ryan. Monk Man, Monk are you man. Ryan Monk Man? I think I've seen Monk Man on here a few times, man. Uh, shout out to Monk Man. Thank you for Love yeah man. for comments, man. Yeah, we love to have you. Uh, how hot is it out there, man? I, I don't really know what it is right now. It's just like my house has one central AC, like but it's wall. I live in a converted barn in Boulder, Colorado. Like we moved up here from Mexico, so. What I always do when I'm moving to a new place is join whatever Facebook group is like the community Facebook group for that area and ask about living situations that aren't some fucking boring ass apartment. Um, and so when I came up here, I found this place, which was a barn on, it's on 25 acres here that was uh, converted, but really only the middle of the barn, which was like a standard A-frame type long barn, like a tube, like you see a horse corral or something. And they made an apartment out of the middle of it. You know, so it's a 1500 square foot place. Um, but on, on this side over here and on that side over there is still the eaves of the barn, you know, so the, it's the side of both sides of my house are still a fucking barn with tractors and hay and shit, you know. And so I only have windows on the front of the tube and the back of the tube. And so my air conditioners cut into part of the barn. So it just like blows barn air, filtered barn air into my house. And so I can either live in a stinky fucking place or I can be hot. So I almost always choose hot because I just moved from the tropics. So this is really nothing. 
Like I'm used to sweating constantly on a slow drift all day long. Um, I think someday I'm gonna have to get used to that because I don't know, man. I I gotta get the fuck out of Oregon. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I gotta get the, I gotta get the fuck out of Oregon. You gotta it's, go, man. It's interesting. It's like I have to figure shit out because, like, you know, I bought this house about a year ago, and if I want to fucking sell it within five years, and I have to pay a bunch of stupid, like, I don't know what do you call that, Jeez, some sort fuck. of what about yeah, some sort of taxes and what renting, renting and running? Theoretically, I'm not allowed to because I have some sort of yeah, some weird dumb shit. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. I mean, I could just fucking do it. I mean, that's what this flag is behind me. I'm a fucking agorist. I could just literally rent it out and not give a fuck. Yeah, but explain that flag. Like, is that your flag? <laughs> your personal flag? Uh, I mean, I love this fucking flag. This, I actually got this from a uh, Freedom Festival that I was at, from the Sasquatch Freedom Festival, uh, Squatch Fest. Um, but what this is is the black and gray. So that's the black and gray market. That's the agorist flag. Or they're a type of libertarian, but we're agorists or we're anarchists. Yeah. And we believe in subverting the fucking – uh, we believe in making counter economics is basically what it is. So, like, we think that, like – I mean, like every libertarian, what we think is like we're not really being represented. Our tax monies are being like fucking stolen from us and being used to like bomb third world countries or like fund fucking the Ukraine or used to fucking fund abortions. You, feel, you know, just like, yeah, exactly. Whatever the fuck you fucking hate, they're taking your money. They're, done, they're not asking you what to use it for and we're they just do whatever that. the fuck they want. Yeah, we're, we're paying for that shit. Right. So what agorists do is say we use the black and gray market. So we're like, hey, they're trying to make uh like meat fucking crazy expensive well hey i know this farmer across the road what do i do like i've got chickens in my backyard okay so i have eggs i have this i have that so we can either barter we can trade we what can, humans you know. have always done since the dawn exactly but but there's like yeah it's basically that but with theory behind it as a way of like subverting it's about like community building will will also sub, subverting the fucking government and uh, not giving them our tax money. So do everything under the table as much as you fucking possibly can through bartering, yeah. through cash, through crypto, print as many fucking guns as you can, do whatever the fuck you can to say fuck the state. That's what this flag is behind me. Yeah. So how much cryptocurrency do you own? Enough. You do. Not, I mean, there's never enough. But, you know, I don't even know how to use it, dude, because I'm a fucking boomer. You know, what year <laughs> like, you I, I don't get it. Like, I have some, and it's gotten bigger, and then recently, obviously, it's gotten smaller. And I don't know how to fucking, like, use it in real life. I don't really so know anything about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not counting on that at all because like to me, I think it's more of a fucking psyop, to be honest with you. It's like I think it was like conditioning people to get used to digital currency. Digital currency. Which yeah, 100 percent. Like yeah. a tyrant's wet dream. Yeah, 100 percent, dude. So like I think that, yeah, it was got like your normies into Bitcoin. That sounds interesting. You know what I mean? Like and then they're not going to get the difference is. between a CBD, like CBC, or CBDC or whatever, like centralized, uh, centralized digital currency cdc it's also called the cdc yeah centralized <laughs> digital bank currency anyways yeah, central cbdc central central bank digital currency something CBDC. like that yeah. yeah um tyranny you know i think tyranny yeah was the first country to adopt it and and the next day their economy shrank by like 70 percent or something like that like yeah um cash is is it's just an energy exchange it's like it's not real this is just paper we're both imagining that this has some kind of value to both of us and so i can give you this and you can do this for me but 
just like minimum wage, like minimum wage just stops people that are below the minimum from being able to make any kind of living. You know, like some people aren't capable of doing a minimum wage job and they need to be able to work five to six hours a week, making a little bit of cash, sweeping up somebody's porch or something like that. Like that has to, they have to be taken care of too. But it's just like Elon Musk, like everybody loves this motherfucker and he wants to put everybody in the world in an electric car. And they're like, the electric cars are the future. Um, but you, it's it's a huge mess in order to build those fucking death trap inferno machines. Um, it takes more carbon to build the fucking battery than it would to fucking drive the car for its like lifetime. It's so, it's something like that. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, and like, it takes more carbon. You can't replace the battery, and then it's also like to to build those fucking windmills that they like keep saying are going to be so fucking awesome and shit. To build those fucking windmills, it takes more fucking. Uh, energy like carbon to, pro- to, to produce it. Yeah, exactly, 100. <laughs> percent And then after afterward, those fucking windmill paddles or whatever they can't they're not recyclable, and so there's literal landfills full of old fucking windmill pedals or whatever the fuck you want to call them, mm-hmm. pat- whatever they are. And there's just goo gobs of them. We're just like, eh, well, they're just filling the landfill now. Yeah, it's horseshit, dude. Is I mean, this too. is all from the Club of Rome. This is all like, and even further back than that, this is all like Fabian socialism. This is, and then even further back than that, this is just about subversion and control. I think that the first gasoline-powered vehicle, like it's, it's like one of the most ingenious things because the Earth is using this decomposed shit that's just gunking up its insides, and it's using that to make plant food. Like all of us humans, which I really think the plants designed us. To spread them around like i think that's how it originally happened but all like we're just driving and what does the car produce you know it's like carbon carbon monoxide it's, it's very bad and it'll kill a human but a fucking plant will turn that into oxygen and growth and fibers and medicine and all this stuff and so they put lead in it to make it poisonous but really it's not you know, it's really just plant food. Like the lead thing was an additive that they knew was poisonous since the Roman Empire fell. You know, like we've always known that it was poisonous. And then the government and the Rockefellers added it to all the gasoline. So now these cars that were really great and going out helping people and making us move faster and build bigger things and stuff are now killing everybody. But they don't have to. They were just making plant food before. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, and it's fucking fascinating. And it definitely didn't have to be this way. I mean, Henry Ford, he made the first fucking car out of hemp. Uh, completely made out of hemp and yeah. it ran on hemp. Yeah. Like and we could have like, like a weed. It, it literally grows like a weed. Yeah. That, absolutely. It, it, it does. In Vietnam, that is a foot and a half thick at the trunk and you could sleep under that motherfucker. Dude, you know what the plant. wild thing is? It's like the entire year's worth of like fuel that we need or whatever could be like done in six months worth of growing hemp. My brother has like, like 11 plants every year with him in Colorado, and, and his girlfriend is a fucking G at it now. They've been going at it for five years, and now she's a fucking gangster at it. And they grow enough weed in their little residential backyard for all of our family, all of our friends. Everybody I know is just high as fuck all the time by this really great organic weed grown by one person a couple hours a week. You know, it's that fucking easy. That's still, man. Yeah, it's really great. So Monkman says, I'm loaded up on Epic Cash and Hushcoin. They are the best privacy coins available that I can find. That's fascinating, man. I I just don't. 
Here's the thing. I think the way that they're going to attack us is I think they're going to fucking attack the electrical grid. They're going to fucking say it was either a solar storm or it was like fucking you know, aliens Google or turned like, off the whole internet for 45 minutes for the whole world. Google. Did. Yeah. One company can, shut yeah. down the world's internet. So they can do that whenever they want. So all so, your internet money is is imaginary bullshit gone. Hundred percent, man. And see, that's my that's my biggest fucking problem with it. Is like I don't think that it's not useful. I th- and I think like theoretically, like philosophically, I like it because it is like it was, and it was sold that way to fucking autistic libertarians like myself. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is a way to subvert subvert the fucking Federal Reserve. We can take down central ba- uh, bank. You know, we can rival the dollar if we do this. Servers to do it. Yeah, and so I mean, I do like that shit. Like, and it does make me feel good. But I also recognize that it's bullshit, and it's designed to make me feel good. You know, (laughs) you know, and so it's it's bullshit, man. Like, it's 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 fucking horseshit. Like, like when this shit goes Mad Max, I'm gonna be way more happy that I took my money and I invested it in ammo, tobacco, liquor, guns. Things that I can like that are shelf stable that I can trade. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like I'll trade you a pouch of tobacco for fucking a dozen eggs. You know, it's things like that. Like tobacco is going to be gold. Yeah. So for sure. Opium so easy to grow, man. Opium was a, a wonderful medicine. It comes from a flower. It's just some guy got to go by and poke a flower before it opens and collect the stuff that drops out of it and then dry it, compact it. And then you have this amazing fight. Like, yeah, it's addictive, but so is sugar and coffee and everything. That's sex, true. Tea. And you shouldn't, like, it is one of those things, too. It's like everything in goddamn moderation. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like yeah, it, like if I'm having surgery in Mad Max world, I'm going to be stoked if somebody's got milk in the poppy. Fuck you know what I mean? I want to fuck. Damn, I want some fucking opium. Uh, so Monkman says again: CO two makes plants bigger, greener, more fruitful, and that's why it's used in greenhouses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent, man. No, they steal the real and sell us back the fake. Always, dude. It's always an inversion. They're always fucking lying to us. It's it's always fucking horseshit, man. They yeah. fucking. They always steal the real. I mean, that's the whole thing with, with weed, dude. They're like stealing like this beautiful, awesome, organic, wonderful fucking plant medicine. And now they're like genetically modifying and full filling it full of pesticides and they're they're making it legal and they're like, you know what I mean, and fucking giving us weed back at like yeah. weed shops and then they're ruining the people that want to just grow fucking normal weed and fucking sell it and just like That's the black you know, market. That's the black market. Thanks to criminals. And people are still doing it, man. I, black and gray market right here, dude. Like, if I, I'd rather fucking buy weed from my homie down the road that grows it. Every like, time. fuck your weed shop. Every time. Because I think, like... Um, I don't every, smoke weed anymore because I'm a boomer. But, like, if I did, I'd fucking go and buy some weed from my, yeah. like, from my homie down the road. Why'd you quit? Uh, dude, it just makes me paranoid now. Like, it's just not... It's not like, I, I still enjoy plant medicine. Like, I, fuck, I love, like, uh, psilocybin. You know, things like that. And like, yeah. And once in a great while, dude, I got to say, like, I'll take some edibles. Like if I need to take like a fucking like a super fucking uh, like they, if I need to like sleep. process my like what's going on internally. You know what I mean? If I need to take like a fucking if I need an internal reset, like dude, to me, there's nothing better than taking a heavy dose of fucking like edible marijuana. Like, dude, it's it's fucking psychoactive as fuck. For like people sure. don't like sure. and like. I get really introspective and I really start like going through my garbage, 
You know what I mean? I start going through the fucking closet in my head. Like what's important? Like, what do I need to keep? What do I need to get rid of? You know? And like, so to me, that's super important, but I respect it and I have reverence for it and I don't abuse it. And to me, just smoking pot and maybe it's the fucking shit pot that you get like from that is like 10 million percentage THC or something. It just fucks with my head. Yeah. It fucks with me, dude. Like yeah. it, it's not, my it's dad, not fun. said the same thing. Like my dad and my mom met, he went to uh, North university of North Texas in Denton, Texas. And uh, they're real heavy music in school still to this day. Great music program. Um, and they met because he was a drug dealer and she wanted drugs. And like, that's how he was. He was like a super long bearded hippie dude. And right after he finished college, he went to work in an oil field and stayed the fuck there for 40 years until he retired from the same company. I'm like, Exxon bought the company he had worked for before, but he retired working for Exxon and uh, made a great living and stuff, but can't completely leave that behind, you know, all that hippie stuff and partying and things because now you have to show up to work on time every week and you get the past drug test for the insurance company and all these things. And then he retires. He's like, I'm going to start smoking pot again. I love that shit. And I brought him some pot, and he was like, what the fuck is this shit, man? <laughs> like, I can't even smoke the stems. I started hallucinating. Like, yeah. picking out the stems and just, like, smoking, like, three of them. And this isn't like, brown and crumbly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was raised on, was fucking yeah. brickly, dude. And, and I was raised on good shit. I, yeah, I was raised on pretty good shit. Northwest, exactly. Yeah, I, I was. I'm actually originally from uh, Eureka, California, so Humboldt County. Uh, the, I grew from the triangle. <laughs> I grew. Yeah, I grew. I started growing fucking pot when I was like, I don't know, twelve or thirteen, fourteen, something like that, like a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I used to smoke every single fucking day. I, I really don't. It, just one time, I just started like I think I was like in probation or some dumb shit, and then I started smoking again, and it just wasn't the same. And you know, it, it, most likely, really, what it is is that I just have to keep smoking it and build up a tolerance and start to get used to it again, and just like, but like to me, it's like I just, I just, why the fuck do I want to do that? Yeah, like, like I have I, all this extra expense and responsibility, and like I forget my life is so goddamn busy, dude. My life is fucking busy. I've got a nine-month-old. I've got a fifteen-year-old. I got a wife. I've got to work my ass off. I have this podcast. I have several like social media pages that I run and make content for. And like, I don't have time for another fucking habit. Yeah. <laughs> and pot, like maybe it would help me, but maybe it wouldn't help me. So my wife just quit. <laughs> my wife just quit. Like, oh, what is it, like a month and a half? Two months now. She does that every once in a while. She's like, I don't smoke pot, and she does it. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, just fucking do that. Um, but like, it, it is abusive, you know. Like I, I wake like the first time I smoke pot is nine o'clock in the morning or something like that. After I'm all the way awake and had three cups of coffee, then I can start smoking pot again. Um, and then like every hour or two, like sometimes I go six hours and then smoke again. But it's like I'm just like, okay, I'm not high, so let's get high. I'm not high, so let's get high. I'm not high, so let's yeah. get high all the time. And I'm like, but why? Like, what are we really doing? Besides, you know, it's what two hundred dollars every three now to get an ounce, and um, that's fucking money, man. And I could be putting that into my buying a fucking piece of land in Mexico fund. That's hundred percent, dude. Way too slow. And um, then it's like, and what are we doing? It's like, yeah, I mean, I re- I remember those days where I literally I was high twenty four hours a day, and it's just like I'm getting high to get high, you know. But like, what else am I doing? Well, I'm just getting high. Yeah, but what else are we gonna do with the day? Well, I'm gonna get high. You know, it's like, and like, well, you know, I get high. I go to work. I work all day. Yeah, I make a bunch of music. Like, I still do all the same stuff. 
Um, but I just feel like if I were to put it in its place and I got high for ritualistic purposes, like to, like you're saying, to digest something in my life or, you know, actually just put it in the ceremony, like this is an amazing plant. It's going to do amazing things and I'm going to smoke it right now for these reasons. But I'm not just going to have it in my fucking pocket everywhere to go. I'm like, now it's all pins and dabs and stuff. So it's like, yeah, you're still just talking to somebody like you just you just smoke like a whole joint worth of weed. His eyes are glazing over, but he's still just like living a normal life, smoking uh, more weed than... Dude, the, the first time I did dabs, dude, I, I was not prepared for that. I fucking, yeah, I fucking... Because I didn't even, like, I didn't know how much to fucking smoke. I don't know. I probably smoked a fucking gram. <laughs> like, I was like... And just, anyways... I like sat there on my couch. I was like alone. No one was around. And I think I sat there and talked to myself for a half an hour before I realized no one was, no one else was there. I'm just in there having this internal dialogue out loud. I was completely just fucking, I don't know. It's crazy, dude, how strong it is. Fucking crazy how strong it is. And when you're hitting it out of a, a bong, dude, like with hitting, like what would normally be like you smoking a whole joint by yourself, like. That kind of high, but you're just hitting it once, and that you're getting all that at once, man. Like I was Ooh. playing, I was playing Dota like uh, back in the day, and I, I was I hit a dab and I sat it down and I was playing, and then it was like a dark night of the soul moment. I was like, you're just wasting your whole life on these fucking video games, and nothing you've ever done is worthwhile. And I was like, <laughs> my reality is collapsing. And, and um, those are important time, actually. Yeah, yeah. Those are the most important. Change I mean, that's life. what I'm doing, honestly. When I do like when I'm, if I do edible marijuana, that's what I'm doing it for. I want that shit. I want like. <sighs> You suck. <laughs> you're fat. You're a loser. Yeah, you're like, oh, I am a loser. <laughs> you're so right, man. I never made the right choice. <laughs> it's super learned. important. Yeah, man. I mean, those are like some like those are the uh, the best decisions I've made in my life were because I fucking got like it was like. I just, I had to, what's the word I'm looking for? I was confronted by the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, no okay. Yeah. No more running. Exactly. hundred percent, man. Yeah. No, that shit's important as fuck. I yeah, think I everyone needs a reset every once in a while like that. A hard reset. It really is good for that. Like I met my wife in the church of Santa Daime in Mexico and Temple Salaam, Mexico. Man, I had never even heard of Santa Daime before. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's just it's a religion, or I guess yeah, it's kind of standalone. It's not really sect yet. There will be, of course, because that's how religions work. But um, I guess now there's two. There's the Unión Unión Digital, the UN whatever, and then the Santa Daime, which are two branches of a uh, um, a church that uses ayahuasca as a religious sacrament. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. And why did they split? Is do they have a is it just I really don't think I mean they might have both been set up by the CA, but I really don't think that they ever split. It was just kind of like both it was it was really just the outpouring of what was going on in the jungle of the Amazon, which was um these, these shamans and tribes and stuff have been using ayahuasca for who knows how long, way before Jesus was was talked about, you know thousands and thousands of years and it's a very advanced process to make ayahuasca and you have to really know what's going on and you have to pick two plants out of 
250,000 plants that are completely different and grow in different regions and mix those two together in a, a long and arduous process in order for these two things to make a DMT available in, in a drinkable format. You know, that in, like DMT, pure DMT is completely digested by your body because it's an androgynous neuro neurochemical. You know, that's what that uh, that dude, the Land of Chem guy was talking about. He was like the process that it would take for them to figure that out. He's like, like these people were and have been and are chemists. And it's like this is old, ancient knowledge. And there was, you know, there was a reason how, you know, they came about that shit. And they say that they came about that like spirits talk to them. And maybe that's true. But, you know, it, it, it is fascinating. Like, you have to be a fucking, like, that's actual chemistry. That's like, not even and, as nearly as complex as their, their paralytic poison they use for hunting monkeys. That's even way more intense. You know, that's like 21 different plants and ashes from a fire and, like, stuff like that to make this dart that when they hit you, your body stop moving. But you're still alive. So the meat's fresh and you can carry it home and all that stuff. Like, just that by itself is a marvel of chemistry. And ayahuasca is a much simpler thing than that. But what you get out of it is incredible um, i have not tried ayahuasca and i think i think that i'm gonna have to do that i think i'm gonna have to do that in a few years at least mm. i'm gonna have to head out and i i want to do it correctly you know i want to go to a, you know a good spot with a decent shaman like that knows what he's doing and fucking you know i don't want to just do it in somebody's garage or something oh you know <laughs> you really don't and the longer the lineage of the guy running it, the better, you know. Um, but that's what's cool about the Santo Daime is like it took that experience and packaged it in religion, you know. Like in Santo Daime, particularly, um, you wear a uniform to the ceremony. Like they have different, like more relaxed ceremonies and stuff. But even the most relaxed ceremony, everybody's in white. And the and the um, more like formal ceremony, everybody's in white, but the girls have like fucking a little crown and. A dress with a certain amount of ruffles on the dress and like all these trappings you know like the catholics have and the bishops have the ring and the staff and the hat and the thing how much of that do you think is important like like to me it's fascinating because like i've talked to people that are like really into ritual magic and they're like those little things are actually important super important like it's, yeah like whatever it takes to create the belief in everybody you know like to make it real and and like, you know, Jewish, I think both Jewish and, and Islamic, like their churches separated by gender, right? Like you go to one side of the temple with your girl, one side, and they do a lot of things very separately as far as the religious parts are concerned. And it's the same thing in the Santo Daime. It's like, but like, we're all sitting in a fucking, um, what is it called? A Merkaba, you know, the, uh, that shape is how the chairs are all laid out around the central table that has like the candles and, and the cross, which is a double crucifix, which is like the uh, channeling the energy upwards. And we all sit around that and we're singing in Portuguese, everybody. And, you know, like I joined the church in Mexico. So like the Mexicans and Portuguese, like they can understand what the fuck is going on. But I don't understand what the fuck I'm saying. You know, and, uh, I'm just singing this stuff and you have to sing it perfectly. It's not harmonized. It's like, we're not trying to make pretty music. We're uh, all singing on the same key. Like the men may be a little lower and the women a little higher, but we're just like at the same time with the fucking maracas and the, and the drum and some guys playing guitar, but we're all just there tripping fucking balls, trying to maintain this this energy that like we're channeling something. We don't know what we're doing, but we're like, we're like here and everybody can feel it. And when like a hard energy comes and like 
it'll get really dark and dense and like fat smells and stuff. And then somebody will go outside and start like puking their guts out and they'll finish that. And then the energy will leave and then they'll come back inside and like start singing again. Like that's the whole thing. It's not like, uh, like the ayahuasca ceremony and you better like, um, whatever that place in Costa Rica that all the famous people go to, um, Rhythmian. That's like a ayahuasca resort, you know, and it's nice as fuck. And you can have like a, really great time everything's clean the food's super organic and you go to the ceremony like it's a really great way for somebody that doesn't do that shit to go and do it but uh in the santa diamond like no we're here to fucking work that's what we call it is a trabajo when trabajo everybody says before we start like good luck <laughs> have a good work we'll see you on the other side and then we go in we drink fucking copious amounts of ayahuasca and like some of these ceremonies are 12 hours long 14 hours long bailados which means we're dancing the whole time and we're all dancing in step in a geometric form around this geometric form and everybody's moving at the same time and then so it's like this fucking huge trance state that we're generating i were tripping balls and um it, it's covered in all these trappings of religion because then when the government comes and like comes to the sound like no these people are religious as fuck they're definitely protected under whatever religious freedom protects the catholics and these other people has to protect these people too because we've never even been to something so religious but really, we're all just there tripping balls, and we're just trying to like maintain so we can work through this stuff ourselves. And uh, so, I've never done ayahuasca, and I know that it it's like it's related to DMT. DMT is like the it's like the purified form, right? It's like it's like doing a dab instead of fucking smoking a joint, right? Sort of it's thing. Bad comparison. But like, okay, I don't know. But <laughs> but I the only person that I've talked to that has done ayahuasca actually I, I talked to him not too long ago was David Ike. He talked to me about it. He said that he said when your eyes hmm? the David Ike? Mm-hmm. That guy? Yeah, I, I had him on my show. I think it was two episodes back. Um, David Ike on the show? Mm-hmm. That's fucking incredible, dude. Dude, it was really fucking neat, dude. That's like, fucking incredible, dude. He's like, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, he's a goddamn yeah. He's a goat, man. He's like one of the fucking OGs. Yeah, he might be control yeah. opposition too, but he's doing good at it. I like him. Yeah, I do. I really do like David Ike a lot, dude. He's fucking great. Um, but he might be. But you know, I like. Him. But he was saying that like when your eyes are open. He goes, uh, the it's it's like you can it's like gone, but when your eyes are closed, you hallucinate again or something like that. And he's like, you're back in the world when you open your eyes, but when you close your eyes, you're back into the like. To, yeah. Is that true? Like, I don't know how any of this shit works. Like, can okay, you like sober up if you open your eyes or? When and I he's was, like, your body wants you to close your eyes, like you want to stay in it or something. And when when I was um. I, after high school, I moved to College Station, Texas, which is where AM University is. But I was working in the oil field out of Louisiana. So I just like lived in a college town, had a bunch of money, and spent it all on cocaine and ecstasy and party. And when I got back for my two weeks or whatever, I would throw great parties. But my, my friend, my great friend to this day, um, was like, hey, maybe we should make some DNP. So it sounds really easy. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so he ordered um, some Mimosa Hostilis root bark from, the, from somewhere in the Amazon. And uh, one of the plants with the highest concentrations of, of uh, DMT. And he ordered a kilogram for like $160. And the box got there and they had sent him 100 and, or what, 16 kilograms for the price of one kilogram. 
And so he, we just made the fuck out of DMT, dude. And we like learned the process as we went and did the whole thing in my fucking garage and my rental house. And um, it's really easy. It's like four things that you need and some heat and a, you know, like uh, a couple of chemicals. And we should we should talk later. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm interested. You should talk to him because he did all the fucking work yeah. every time. I've always been that kind of relationship. Just like my podcast, I'm like, yeah, let's yeah. do it. And I'll I'll give you my house and you do all the work and then I'll smoke. <laughs> yeah. So we did that and I ended up with like an ounce of that shit. And so I was just like giving it away and smoking it all the time. And like I, I've done it six or seven times in one day. And every single time it's fucking different. Every single time. Like every every time you smoke, sit down, you can wait an hour because if you do it like three times in a row within an hour, nothing happens. Like your body has all the stuff inside of it to um break it down. So it's yeah, that calms down, but it's a really fast process, like an hour is that calms back down. And then you can smoke it again and be like Push! back in the outer space. Um, but the, that chemical process that it goes through of taking a plant, pulverizing it, putting it with a really strong acid that breaks apart all the fats and stuff inside the plant so that the DMT can separate out and then mixing it with a really strong base, like some kind of really strong vinegar or naphtha or something that's going to evaporate off eventually because it's so reactive and it'll evaporate off all the other stuff and leave you supposedly with like a clean crystalline DMT. And then you can wash it and get the excess off, but the shit tastes like plastic, man. And it's like um, obviously a chemical process to get to this point and probably not the way that it was supposed to be used. But like you can, there's a frog in the Sonoran Desert that just hopped around and its defensive mechanism, that's a toad, its defensive mechanism is to shoot 5-MEO DMT at its predators and hit them in the eyeballs. And then this fucking coyote just tripping balls and no longer worried about eating the toad. And it only comes out for one month, one month and a half of the year or something when it's really rainy in the Sonoran Desert. And they'll come out and breed and stuff and trip balls and they go back in their holes to, to save the drugs. But you can um, put the, like, take a piece of glass, pick up the toad. It's not the most, like, fun thing for the toad, but it's also not murdered or anything in the process. And it, it'll squirt this shit on a piece of the pane of glass. You dry that shit. And then it's 5-MeO-DMT, and you can scrape it and put it into a fucking meth pipe and smoke it, and it's like, that's it. And it's uh, so much stronger, and you can just feel like, okay, this is of the earth. God is somehow involved in this process still. Yeah. But scary as fuck, dude. And I, I the first time I ever did it, I had this like one of those neo-shamans who like brought the medicine back from the people, and he really did all this great work to bring the medicine from the people, and like the people that, like the SETI tribe in, in northern Mexico that still had all these rituals and sweat lodge things and stuff associated with songs and chants associated with the use of this uh, frog medicine. Like, I, I'm pretty sure they would like do the sweat lodge. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever been in the Temescal, but um, they have a central fire, and it's very sacred, and H rock that comes in, like molten rock is like a blessing from the grandfathers and stuff and you put herbs and things on on the hot rocks and they steam up with all these herbs and clean your body and i think that's what they would do with the dmt is just have this bowl and they would set it right there in the middle of the sweat lodge and it would steam up and then everybody interesting everybody in the room would be in this fucking like really insane trip um so they were all there like this elders from the tribe and this guy gave me the medicine and he was like all you need is like one big hit i was like no nah, fucking old school dmt man i made the shit I'm like i know what i'm doing is what i was thinking and i just hit the shit and i was just like real long and slowly like terrence mckenna taught me and then like the guy's eyes just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger like the guy administering it and he was like trying to pull the pipe away from me and i just held on to it and i was like 
and just kept going. He just kept torturing. He's like, all right, man, this is all you. I'm not stop you, but if you want to do this, then go ahead. And I just hit it and set the pipe down, and then my fucking world exploded. And, and yeah. it was gone. And nobody's gone. And I was just like shooting up in outer space now. And I just like stood up and took off running at full speed and I was like dodging asteroids and stuff as I was running down the Milky Way or whatever I was doing. But like everything around me was just blurs with lights and stars. And I was really running. I stood up in the middle of the ceremony and took off and bolted into the jungle. And uh, they just all came with me. They were like following me. <laughs> and this place and this like sitting down in the center of like all these collapsed buildings in like a perfect circle. And I, my body just like had to do these yogic postures I'd never done before. And I could literally feel like pockets of like toxins and congestion and places. And like, oh, like, oh, there's one here in my hip and there's one behind my shoulder. And I could just stretch out in this perfect way that it would like pop and release all that stuff. And I could feel like shoof, off into the, into the ether, you know, and like um, I really was destroyed. Like my, um, my whole idea of who I was as a person and what it meant to be here and how I got here and where I was going and all that stuff was just gone completely. Wow. And I was just sitting on the ground. I was like, I have to have something. Like I know there's some way to come back to myself. And I was just like trying to, build a little altar on the ground with sticks to make like some kind of pattern or something that would be like something to hold me back to this reality and bring me back to the ground again because I was gone. I thought I was never coming back. And um, that's what I think is the importance of all the pomp and, and ritual and things like that. It's like, if you're really going to take these for real trips, then you need some way to like, you need a rope the whole time that you can somehow follow back and that's the symbols and the shapes and the sounds and, and that kind of like our songs and, and pentagrams and all these shapes that we use all the time are there to like bring bring us back and bring the energy back and somehow because if you take the step off into the abyss then some people never come back you know like you can be completely lost so what do you think that is man so like do you feel like you were in a different universe do you think that you were in a different like let's say like realm or dimension do you think like it set your spirit free or like i've talked to people where they think that that's actually inside of themselves and they were actually exploring like like what what's your opinion on all that that's that shit is fucking wild yeah i mean it was inside of myself but also i was running through the world yeah you know, and I was like, I had to move from wherever we were. I had to go to another place because wherever I was, I was like, ah, this doesn't feel good. And so I, my body just moved and I got to this place. I was like, okay, this is nice. This is a good clean space and I can do what I got to do. But it wasn't me processing any of that. Like that was just like, it's the medicine's so strong, man. Like I woke up four days later at four o'clock in the morning, boom, tripping balls the same way. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I've heard my whole life about, like, flashbacks from LSD and stuff. I'm like, whatever. You know, but this was for real. Uh, I felt like the reality was collapsing on me again, but I hadn't smoked anything or done anything. But um, it is both of those things, I think. Like, I think the physical, it, like, just like we only see, like, they say 1% or three, 1 to 3%, but we really have no idea. The visible visible spectrum of light we can only hear a tiny tiny sliver of the actual spectrum of sounds and uh it's the same thing when you do 5-meo dmt i think it's just like that all those filters are just like stripped away and now you can see all the fucking layers of light and all the sounds and all that stuff like the geomagnetic frequencies that we're not registering and all the stuff that our reality is saturated with that our brain's main purpose is to filter it all out and just filter 
all the stuff that's happening out to the few things we need to stay alive and get food and procreate. And, you know, like we're in this very base version, but our brains, like that's why we only use one to 3% of our brains or 7% or whatever it is. It's like, we have all the stuff inside of us to perceive all these other realities. But yeah, some, yeah. some trauma happened to us, whether it was like the, um, you know, the dry ass impact or whatever it was that happened to all of us that just like retarded us down back to our very basic, almost primal state, but we still have all of these capacities of our super being selves, the ones that built Pumapunku and all this other stuff. Like that's all inside of us too. But I mean, that could have been part of the fall of Atlantis, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I try to think about what that fall was. And I think that it might've been a fall of consciousness, like, um, because a lot of, we lost these technologies that like, supposedly we could do all these fucking crazy things. And maybe there was like, even like telepathy and like telepathic communication. And and there could have been all kinds of different things and whatever we fucking did, we fucked something up. Yeah. And we've done it a bunch of times. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, and I, oh, you know, what's fascinating is that like, I feel like we're getting to the point where we're going to have another breakthrough. Yeah. Or collapse. (laughs) It's like the splitting of the followed by. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What's going to come first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Both simultaneously. It seems like, like it's like a rising from the ashes Phoenix thing. Like it's going to collapse. And then out of that, we have our new thing, whatever that is. But, um, it definitely feels like uh, we're on a trajectory that is way beyond us. And it, it looks like, you know, they say that anatomical humans have existed for 200,000 years is what the story was. Me growing, like our brains this size capable of doing this has been like 250,000 years ago is when that finally happened. And every couple of years now, today is like, you know what, we're wrong, it's 500,000, I mean a million. I mean, now yeah. we found this 15 million year old skull or something that, not even in Africa, that is a completely developed human brain. So it's like, if from- Yeah, it's weird, man, because I don't, I don't trust their carbon dating, but something's weird. So it's either that we've been around in this form for a hell of a lot longer than they say, or maybe even, reality is a hell of a lot shorter like jesus might have been 200 years ago yeah i don't know yeah so like somehow the timeline right. is fucked just like <laughs> we're talking about with january 6th you know like your kids one person later one generation later like those kids are going to be taught that that donald trump tried to take over the country on january 6th and that's a yeah. possibility you know like napoleon said that history is a fable agreed upon by the people that one or our control so we just decide this is the story we're going to tell everybody and that's what it is but like my grandparents didn't know a fucking thing they didn't have the internet they like they had the phone number of like seven people and whoever went to their church you know so one generation before that they could have like literally those people could have just been dropped off here like y'all are in texas now and you guys are in Africa. you guys are over here to and- me that's the fascinating thing around the fucking world fairs Right where they were like resetting everything, and there's all these orphan trains. Where the fuck did all these kids come from? What happened to their parents? Oh, you can just buy a kid. Yeah, take him home. Do whatever the fuck you want with it. I don't know. Like make it work the fields or something. Like it's so fucking crazy. And then like the human zoos that they had. They're like, this is an Aboriginal. This is a Mexican. That was like this is an African. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like, you know, like and they just like wrote a script for everybody. This is what you know. This is what, uh, you know, 
what are those people in Alaska? What do they call them? <laughs> this is what an Eskimo does. Yeah. And they live, yeah. And they live in a fucking ice house. You know, like, I don't know. If it, it's so fucking weird. Right. I don't take, know. If you were to take like 400 people and put them on a boat and take them to um, the Arctic Circle somewhere and give them spears and fire and a way to make it and show them how to, like a, like a reality TV show, like give them enough to start them off and then walk away and see what happens. And you could do that all over the place. And some of them would develop into civilizations and like you just pass them technology when you want to. But that that's the thing that it, for me, looking back in time, is like it just gets cooler and cooler and bigger and more impressive the farther back we go. But now we have all this like superpower and we could talk on the fucking computers across continents and things like that. That seems like we should be able to do all this awesome stuff, but really we can't, you know? And I no. it was very true. Yeah, they keep our fucking... They keep our third eye completely fucking like calcified and they keep us like, yeah, they want us to, that's the whole thing too about the, like the transgender movement too, is like this whole thought about how like it makes people identify too much with their flesh. Mm -hmm. Like we should be like using our spirit at this point, you know what I mean? And it's like, we should be recognizing, but like that, that's like, it's a fucking tragic dude. Like I, you know, I've, I've got, like I said, I have a couple friends and I have one that's transitioning as we speak. And like, it's like, it's how tragic is that to feel like you're in the wrong fucking body, but like you're identifying too much right now with your body. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, like this is temporary, whatever the fuck this is like, like we're going to lose this. We need to be identifying with spirit. And I think that's where they are going to find that happiness, that like that emptiness that they're like looking for. And they're just like, you know, they're focusing way too much on the flesh. Yeah. Like before you cut yeah. your boobs off, like maybe take a month of sabbatical in the mountains, you know? Yeah. We'll do some ayahuasca with a fucking, yeah. With a shaman, you know, or puberty, block. like puberty, block. like what is puberty? When you become a human, like when you actually develop into your the adult version of what, like you stop being the the pupae or whatever, the gestation version of a human, yeah, become a human, is through puberty, and we're gonna block that because of the way that you're feeling at this time. We're gonna stop you from becoming a real human. We're gonna cut it off at the beginning, and you're gonna be this little thing that we can mold into whatever we want because we take over the natural processes of adulthood, and now we just. You 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 just dated this human being, but now we can take it to the stage and turn it into whatever we want. And you know what's a sad what another sad issue thing is like you can tell these people are up to no good because it's not like they want to like like let's say there's a kid that says that they feel that they're in the wrong body. They don't like give them counseling, they don't give them support, they don't like try to say like, hey, maybe but maybe this, you know, like yeah. maybe you're feeling, you know, it's none of that. Like you'll actually fucking lose. Asking. Yeah. You're a piece of shit. If you even suggest for one second that, yeah. And so that's how you know that there, they, there's no, there's nothing good about their agenda. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's, yeah, it's complete it's horseshit. Transhumanism it's, is, uh, it's transhumanism. Yeah. We are, our, everything about us is transitory. Everything, all of our belief structures is not even real. It's just things that we think are real that we've agreed upon because it helps us survive. And there's no God and there's no soul. And all that stuff's just to help you sleep better at night when really you're just this fucking speck of dust in this huge cosmos that's eventually going to be destroyed no matter what by the sun or an asteroid or something. Like whatever speck of existence. We're on a random ball 
that's spinning like insanely fast, floating through fucking space, and we're just fucking depressed monkeys flying on this ball, and you're in the middle of fucking nowhere, and there's nothing there, and this vast emptiness, and nothing means anything at all. That's what they fucking. That's what they're trying to teach you. And uh, you don't. You don't need your penis. You know. You don't need your balls. It's not something. That neutralize works. everything. Most man says. Keep keep anything from gaining traction. That would give us more power. Um, I think that they're just trying to fucking literally chop us off at the fucking dicks, make it so we don't have any creative potential. We're just fucking fodder for whatever robot things they're trying to force into existence now. And we don't need this many people. You just need a couple of people to experience reality. But really, reality belongs to nature, and we're not part of nature. We need to get ourselves the fuck out of it. Well, as woo as this sounds like, I am white-pilled as fuck recently. And, like, for a while, I was on a fucking... Dude, I was on a black pill fucking, like, spiral for a minute. Just, like, this and this and this and holy shit. And they're... Like, yeah, it's super easy. And then you just realize, like... And, again, this sounds woo-woo or stupid or whatever, but it's, like, none of those things matter. My immediate family matters, you know? Like, my loved ones matter. My God matters to me, you know? And it's, like... And this this is fucking highly interesting times. I'm actually excited to see what's going to happen. Me too, but also scared. Yeah. I mean, we have to have some reverence for it because we have to know that there are some, you know, there's some fucking seriously evil, and I don't use that word lightly, there's some evil powers that are manipulating this realm that we're in. But there's also the fucking good, and there's the good in all of us. Yeah. And I think that that's more powerful. Yeah, I mean, I think it's equally powerful, and it's whatever we decide to de- devote our time to. And, and there's, um, what if we could tap into the like collective consciousness? Like, what? Like, I think about that story. Like, uh, I, I don't know. You grew up Christian, did you say? Okay, like, think about the Tower of Babel when you had all every single human. You had them all like working towards one goal, and they were actually like they spoke one language, had one culture, and like not that we need that, but it's like if we could all communicate because maybe that wasn't even a physical thing. Maybe that was like before. I mean, that really was the fall, right? I mean, yeah. that was like the Tower of Babel, right? Like maybe that was a time where like the language that we all spoke was you know was like through our minds. That was like telepathic communication. And we were like building, uh, you know, something. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, and I think so. It's like the ur language. It's like this um, something that we can all just understand. Like, and I think it's coming back to us. And I think there was some kind of fucking trauma that that severed us from from whatever that source was. But it's all still there. And the mushrooms are, are growing all around us to like tap us back into it. And if we just, like you said, stop focusing on the meat suit and started focusing on like the actual literal language of the universe which is outside in every flower opening and when the hawk flies by you at that time and all that stuff is like the real intelligence of reality speaking to you all the time you know like focus on god because god is like so i see god in you right now i can see the spark of the divine in you right now i can see the spark of the like when i go out camping and i'm in the middle of the fucking woods and i see these beautiful like majestic trees i can feel god you know what i mean like you can feel him there it's like it's the most beautiful thing dude like that's where i connect with god the most is when i'm out in nature 
hundred percent, man. And it's just like, if we focus on that instead of like, because like how much power do we give like people like Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates when we focus on them? All of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when we, yeah, we're giving him those fucking powers because we sit there and we focus, we allow them to fucking scare us. We allow them inside of our heads and yeah, it's all fucking bullshit. And I really think that each of us is like our own little engine. Like, I think that if if you were to sit down and close your eyes long enough and um, put yourself into that place in your mind, like to experience the world that you want, not, not imagine it, but just like find where that is because it exists somewhere, like the beautiful, perfect life for you. And then when you open your eyes again, no matter how long that takes, then you will open your eyes into that other reality at any moment anybody can kind of shift the whole thing not just like you and your life and your family but also like the global politics and whether we got into world war three or not and stuff like that too i think that we're on this really super personal journey that does include a lot of other people but when you get down to it just like every ancient tradition says is that the whole universe is on the inside and we can go in there and, and find all of these other realities too and then wake up into them like nothing ever happened. It happens every night when we go to sleep and dream and we're just flying through all these fucking different realities. And then we come back to this one, which is like our, our stasis reality where we uh, recharge and stuff. But this is just one of the fucking huge multitude of versions. I mean, John, we could be high on DMT right now having this conversation and we're just going to wake up in a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't like, I feel like this is real. I feel like we're having this conversation. I think you're, you know, <laughs> maybe, well, maybe, you know, maybe, man, maybe I'm just you from the future is coming back to tell you some stuff and yeah. you know, me from the past. And um, we, we've both lived each other's lives before. I don't know. I, I think it's way more complex than uh, we give it credit for. hundred percent, dude. The Yeah. The world is so much more wonderful and wild than we give it credit for. Yeah. There's so much more. Yeah. It's so much more interesting and vast and beautiful. Yeah. We just decide <sighs> what we can handle right now in our current emotional and physical and spiritual state. We can handle so much, you know, so much responsibility for our own existence. Like, yeah, the Democrats and Republicans are responsible for like how bad my life is right now, but but if only we vote in Donald Trump, then it'll fix it. And if Elon Musk takes over Twitter, then we'll be all right, because then we'll have our free speech again. Yeah. And, and then like in Europe, it's like if only the queen would have, you know, picked their other sign as her hair, then we wouldn't have all these troubles. And there's always all these ways to get out of it, get out of the responsibility for this is ours and uh, we have to do something with it. And if you want a good life, then you have to make it for yourself. And um, that's the only possible way to to function in this place is to do the work uh, make the changes and if you don't like the way something is then go somewhere else like leave you know i, I um it was kasai i uh moved to mexico on with 800 in my name just moved to another country um had a six-month visa and stayed for 10 fucking years and met the love of my life and uh, did all this stuff so that's awesome, um, man. At any moment, I just I just chose that one day because like I I opened my eyes on the floor of a he's here, baby. You're calling him, but he just came through the window. Um, I opened the eye on the floor of this fucking trailer in the trailer park, and I just shot a fucking like three quarters of a oh no one one third of a gram of speed into my own veins uh, with a needle. I'm not really sure where I got it. And, uh, I just like woke up after that, like 
a complete whiteout. I thought it was dead. Like everything was pure bright white for like an hour, and then all of a sudden, like things started coming back into focus. And I just like stood up. It was the last time I ever did speed. I was like, I'm not. Nope. <laughs> I I had done it off and on for like three years, and like really binged a few times. But then like it just hit this thing. I was like, okay, I could die in fucking squalor right now, like a piece of shit. Or I can get up and go do something. So I just got up and went and did something else, and then everything changed immediately afterwards. And I, like, I'd always been into psychedelics and um, Terrence McKenna and all like for, for a long time. And then I just picked this random farm project in Mexico that I emailed to people like, "Yeah, I want to come work for you guys." And they're like, "Sure, whatever." Random guy from Texas, come on, and uh, invited me down there. And I got there, and they were members of an ayahuasca church. And uh, the first thing we talked about was, like, have you ever done mushrooms? And I was like, are you kidding me? This guy's really asking me this right now. Like, I just got off the plane in another country, and I get picked up by a Jewish guy, a millionaire Jewish guy in Mexico. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. And um, first thing he asked me if, if I've ever done mushrooms, and I said yes. And then the second thing, he's like, well, you should maybe, we'll see how it goes, but I'll bring you over to my church, which is the Church of Santo Daime. And a year before, I'd been reading this book by, um, I always forget his name now. And he got like me too'd and turned out he was kind of a dick. But it was like who I thought was the um, progression after Terrence McKenna, who kind of picked up the, the torch of psychedelic. Um, he, he started Reality Sandwich, and I'll, I'll think of his name eventually. But um, this guy was writing about all these psychedelic experiences like Iboga and ayahuasca. And like he went to the tribes that did Iboga and did Iboga with them and wrote about it. And he went to the tribes in Mexico that did the mushroom, that did mushrooms with them and wrote about it. And he went with the Santo Daime people. And I just stopped reading the book and giving it to my friends. Like, you got to read this book. It's the best. And gave it to him without finishing it. And, and you uh, show up and he's like, hey, I'll take you to my church, the Santo Daime. The yeah. Church, and then yeah. I finally picked up that book and finished it and realized that the whole last chapter was about the Santo Daime Church and all these people who had already met, like the Padrino Alfredo from, from Brazil, who kind of runs the religion now. And all this stuff was just like the last part of the story that I didn't finish. I just went and finished it. I don't time. believe in coincidences. And there's things like that that made me not an atheist anymore. You exactly. know, just I was an atheist yeah. when, I, when I left. <laughs> when I went to Mexico, I was an atheist and I got there like, no, something else is going on here. Because in Mexico, you have like the peyote religion still, the huicholes. You know, the huichotica is a real name. The, the huicholes like calling them uh, Indians. Um, but the huichotica still have the peyote religion. All of it. And they hold it. And if you want to come, like, teach them about Christianity, they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. You can come, but you also have to come to the peyote ceremonies with us. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll all talk. And they're, they're Hey, that's a good way to meet Jesus, dude. Honestly, a psychedelic mushrooms are what brought me back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, 100%, man. Like, yeah. it helped me recognize, yeah, humanity and other people. And, like, because, you know, I'd walk around in Portland. I'd be, like, fucking doing – I'd, like – chomp and ate the shrooms and chase it with a couple four locos and i'd hop on the max and i'd fucking go downtown and i'd go to bars and eat and then do karaoke and then it'd be like closing time and i'd be like yeah. walking out and there's homeless people and you know you just walk past them every single day but now i'm fried on fucking mushrooms and i see this person and i see him as a fucking human for the first time yeah. you know what i mean because like i was just a young hothead dickhead that you know thought i knew shit you know and then i saw drugs like you know yeah and sugar and alcohol which is like the worst yeah the trifecta of horror <laughs> as far as drugs are concerned yeah well just enough shrooms to fucking to i guess to tame those things because yeah. it 
you know, it was great, man. And then like, I like have a conversation with these people. And at the time I thought I was like a fucking edgy atheist and shit. And some, somewhere out of my mouth, I was just like, can I pray for you? Like, where the fuck did that come from? That feels so <laughs> real, right? Like, it's yeah. like, and every fiber, like every bone in your body is like, this is what I should do. Yeah, this is exactly. And he was like, he was like, yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. And I laid hands on him and I held him and I hugged him and we sat there and we prayed and, you know, and things like that. And it's just like, it's a fucking beautiful thing, dude. And like those things and like, okay, you want to grab some coffee, you know, and just like, it's, it's those things that brought me back to Jesus and loving people, you know, and yeah, it's a fucking, it's a, it's an interesting thing, man. Yeah. And it's a great way. I think that like for me, Jesus is like a really good way to save a soul you know like somebody who's slipping off the deep end or has really like no i got something for you right here like this dude and these people are really good at like dealing with that kind of situation or like getting somebody off the brink of, of oblivion and you're like look it's really just some simple shit about love and forgiveness and you know like try to do better and, and give your sins away like all this bad stuff that you're holding on to that ruined you as a person and you're living waking up every day thinking about all this stuff but with christianity you can repent you know, you can give that shit. In the teachings of Christ, man, it's about meeting that person where they are, not judging them and loving them. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That, that to me, that, that, it's why I like to call myself a Christ follower, and I don't necessarily like to use the word Christian very often. Mm-hmm. You know, because it just like that, that's that whole churchianity sort of thing with it, like it becomes religious. And I mean, that's actually uh, the conversation that I actually had with David. I, we talked a lot about Gnosticism. We talked a little bit about like, uh, well, I asked him if he had done psychedelics and that's when he told me about uh, his ayahuasca journey and things like that. But then we talked a lot about how religion is used as it's a jail cell. You know, it's, it's about keeping people within a box and being able to control them. And it's, it's absolutely true because it's like, Jesus doesn't fit in any anyone's box. No, but Catholicism also, does. Christianity does. You can you can put it in a box, and you can, and you can't do this, and you, you have know, to hate gay people. Out and, water and you know, yeah. blindness and all the stuff that um, that we don't see every day. But I, I think that Jesus is held up as an example of like it's unattainable. But I think that it's right there for all of us, dude. If it was just like if we could just push past the trauma and really love ourselves and really forgive everything around us and do do what Jesus did, then we will all realize that we are the sons and daughters of God. And that, yeah, and absolutely, that dude. I mean, he was God, but he was also human. And all of us have a piece of God and we're human and we have him. I mean, that is to me, that's the Holy Spirit, that spark of the divine that's in you. I call that the Holy Spirit. You can call it whatever you want, Uh, but he is within us and we have to realize that he's part of us. And it's like you can walk in that and you can like, dude, it's so hard to forgive people sometimes when you know what I mean? And that's like and you can hold on to those resentment and like hatred and anger and you can be upset and just And, and you have to let it go. And you, and I, like, to me, I have to literally visual, visualize me like putting this hatred or anger that I have, and I have to put it in a box and I have to hand it to him and he, and he'll take it away. And it's yeah. like, it's just like that power of AA, you know, like some people can't stop drinking. Can't man. It's like, everything makes you want to drink. And so um, you go to AA and then it's like, you don't have to be a Christian or anything, but you do have to believe in a higher power that you give all this stuff to 
in order for it to work. And whether you couch that in your higher self or God or uh, whatever you want to do, like my favorite way of thinking about it is the hermetic way is that like whatever is God and it's probably my ego because I'm a, a Leo and I was born in the year of the dragon and my Mayan astrology is a planetary sun. And so I just, I think and feel very highly of myself, but like um, this God, I lost where I was going with it. So talking about myself. Can you help me out? Or, or it, that so about forgiveness and putting it something into a box and giving it to God and yeah, AA, her, hermeticism and yeah, hermeticism. Life. There we go. That, that uh, mindset is like the, the it's the God brother instead of the God father and the God like something exterior and looking down on me as a part like a creation of it. Well, know? I do like the Trinity, like because he is he's all of those things. Mm -hmm. Which is which is fascinating, and you have like the masculine in in every form, and then the and all, the Holy Spirit can be feel feel like the feminine too, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, how how could yeah. it, how could God not yeah. be both? You he's know, everything. How, yeah, how, he's how, he's how, everything. Like yeah, who, who the some Christian calling? just freaked out on me calling me <laughs> saying the Holy Spirit is feminine, but I mean, yeah, I mean, he is human. He's he's a person. Like, I mean, he created people in his image, it's right? Really so he is a, to anthropomorphize. Like, if you're going to say in one hand that it's... Guess what? God doesn't have a dick. He's not a dude. So we can say he, that he has energy from... Yeah, it's like... Where is he going to put that dick? Yeah. <laughs> and Mary. <laughs> Poor girl. She was like 13. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's all weird, but like... It, for me, it obviously has to be both, like masculine and feminine, whatever divinity is, like whatever we all came from, that we are made in its image. Well, a lot of us have vaginas. So um, there's obviously that. Was and half the planet too. has vaginas. So yeah, yeah. we better include them. You know, like that, that's what yeah. one of the things that sent me away from Christianity was like, there's like three women in the Bible, and it's Jesus's mom and a prostitute and somebody else, you know, like somebody's sister. And uh, they're never. Um, movers and shakers, they're never like, but they were there actually, man. They were they were brave when the men weren't, and they were there at Jesus's tomb. Like, they were important, dude. Like, no. you know, the women in the Bible were fucking really actually powerful. When you when you go back through the lens, you, and you, you're gonna have to like read through some of the lines because, yes, whoever wrote this book focused on people with dicks for some reason because that's just the way the world was at the time. But, like, yeah, no, women are fucking important and powerful in the Bible. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's fascinating. But it's just, it was one of the things that turned me off. It was always couched in masculinity. And what turned me off was watching the way people would treat women now using the Bible as justification. Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and um, it's the same thing. Or the Islam. Quran. Or the, exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I think it, all of those things are probably were were thought up in, in a fucking think tank somewhere. Like I really feel like that's how Christianity started was this like we just we take all of these ideas that are all over the world and we find what works and what doesn't. And like like Rome was a, a civilization founded on mind control. Like that's what they did. And they could completely generate these narratives about their um, Caesars and gods and their destinies and and uh, would use it to take over all these pagan tribes all over the world and convert them and bring them into the Roman fold. 
And they used paganism for a long time until this moment when they're like, you know what? Christianity is a, a better way to do this. And then by uh, royal... And that was the first time they put it into a box, too. Because, I mean, that was the first giant subversion of Christianity. It was no longer about the teachings of Christ. It was about, like, what is the priest, what is the pope telling you that God says? Mm -hmm. God, yeah, exactly. It was hijacking, yeah. Yeah, and it was something that worked. Like, it's, I, I think that... A lot of humans have done this. That's why I don't. I won't stick to Christianity no matter what. Like no matter what, what place it has in my heart, because of how I was raised and like the experiences I've had, you know, thinking about Jesus and, and being with other Christians. But um, I, I know that according to this whole theology, is that the only way that you can um, be saved is to believe in, in this version of Christ. No. So, I've heard, uh, do you want to hear a fascinating thing that I heard the other day? It was like, maybe, so Jesus, to me, so like how I said that that Jesus is in your, like Jesus is in our heart, right? That we can see the God and Godhead in there. So maybe that that, like, because that was a big thing too. Like, uh, we'll talk, again, talking about David Ike, we were talking about like, it was a very Gnostic conversation, the, the conversation that we had. And like, he was talking about his new book that's coming out here pretty soon. It's called The Trap. Right. And so it's a very Gnostic idea about how, like, here's the firmament, basically. Right. And that you that we keep getting reincarnated, keep getting reincarnated and that we can't escape unless we are vibrating at a certain 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 frequency. Right. And that's the because this is like a force field that keeps us in. And so, like, to me, Jesus could be a frequency like you tapping into the Godhead inside of you. Like that is the way that's the key. So that when they say Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, no man can come to the father except through me. That's about tapping in to that Godhead. And so that's the way that you can get through, you know, and go to wherever or, you yeah. know, whatever. I think so that, I, that's a fascinating thing. So beautiful. I think that, um, the whole earth like our, our whole creative process is like um experiencing a bunch of different things and then we run across sometimes things that make everything better like about the whole thing like being able to come out of the oceans or whatever it is you know uh being able to forgive yourself and everybody around you through christ consciousness and love yourself and and see that you are a being of god it's like a, a technology that we discovered like a bunch of humans, like whatever the ones on the Euphrates riverbanks eating mushrooms, however they came up with this way of being, it is a tried and true way of being that can help you ascend into, into other dimensions and, and it, at the very least live in this one without going completely insane, you know. And so it's like a package and it's, it's maybe not the final thing, but it's definitely something that us as a species grabbed onto and included into what it means to be a human now, because we know that this set of technologies, this way of believing is a way that we can work all together and, and continue to thrive. But I think that like all technologies, it's going to find another iteration of it that includes that too, but also with some more ancient stuff that the pagans were doing as far as like using plants and astrology and things like that, that has been like cut out of, of Christian theology and, and labeled as witchcraft. But it was, it's just an alternative way of interacting with the powers on this earth. And, yeah. and they, there's a lot of dangers there and, and demons and, and things that will like get you. And the Christians are right to be very, very careful. But I also think that they're, they're part of this 
creation, you know, and we're going to use the Christ consciousness and all this pagan stuff and what the atheists and scientism and all these people are coming up with. And we're going to synthesize all of those together and whatever humans are going to be and whatever reality is going to be moving forward. And we're all like off in our different uh, departments and stuff, working on our different segments of reality. And we got the atheist over here and the Christians down here and the pagans just dancing and fucking and like everybody's doing their part of research. And that's all going back into this thing that is going to, you know, move forward regardless and we're all doing our different parts and there's a whole bunch of ways to get there and, and christianity is one of them and it's a great one but there's also a whole bunch of others and people that have lived in the jungle and never ever heard about jesus or heavens or hells or any of that stuff are still living in their own reality and they don't need jesus to be in touch with god they never needed it they have the plants they're in the nature they don't need you. Don't need you to come in and teach them about Jesus and guilt. I mean, in a lot of way, they have a hell of a lot less distractions, and yeah, they're probably a lot closer to God than the majority of us. Yeah, yeah. So, Fucking yeah. amen. Uh, we're rounding up on two hours here. Yes. My my wife is gonna kill me. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you want to give your plugs one more time? Do you want to tell, uh, tell people? Because we talked about this earlier. Maybe this is a good kick in the pants for you to start the show back up. Maybe I will. I might do so. it on one, maybe bi-monthly, twice a month or something. Yeah, uh, yeah um, just at me whenever you post this kind of stuff. Um, uh, I think it's man. on YouTube. You can search the Idiocalypse for my old channel. But just the best you get a link tree, too, or a website. I'll put that in the show way, notes. Yeah. And, At yeah. Eclipse on Instagram, and then you can go to my link tree, and you can find all the other shit we've done. It's all there. Hell yeah, man. Well, dude, this was a fun conversation. We're going to have to do it again. Uh, we'll have to get Tony in here, too, because he's a fucking hippie, and he loves all this fucking I don't think awesome Tony stuff, too. And I don't think it's Tony right. doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> dude, maybe Tony's the Fed. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but, man, it was uh, so much fun, dude. I miss this stuff. I, I, you're obviously a, a great person. It was a lot of fun talking to you, and um, you need to get the fuck out of Oregon. Yeah, I do need to get out of Oregon. It's beautiful on, here, man. But... Go on the beach with a fucking mango farm and a bunch of pigs. And... Dude, I'm hella tempted to run away to Mexico. You have no idea. Like, my, I have my wife convinced, too. Like, we, we, there's not much stuff in us. We, yeah. we really consider it. We might we're, just end up in Mexico. We're looking right now, like, we, we're saving money into we're hopefully turn all these dollars we're making in this open-air prison known as the United States, and we're going to uh, take a big bunch of that, turn it into pesos, and live like fucking kings and start a little hotel or something down there, and enough to survive oh, yeah. but yeah the quality of life is so much better the food so much better the people are so much happier like the weather yeah yeah you know like america's cool as fuck but it's we're on strangles yeah man yeah. big hugs brother thank you for having me absolutely man thank you so much yeah